This is episode 20 of The Michael Lated Show. Tonight it is Monday. Monday's my favorite day. And I'm pretty sure the one and only Mike Neitz likes Mondays as well. And we are live. Hallo, guten Tag, wie schaut's aus? Ja, sehr gut, Michael. Hallo, guten Morgen, Deutschland. Ja, we could keep this going, but nobody would understand what we're saying. Am I your first German-speaking guest? Mm, no. No? No. Nadine Kelly? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. That's a really good, like, the way she does the dinner. Dinner. Always D gets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has some kind of hashtag, too. It's super catchy. Yeah. But I forgot it. Me too. <laughs> so it's not that catchy. It is good when you read it, but you know, there's so many things going on in the world. It's gone. How are you doing tonight? Super good. Monday. I love Mondays. Why do you like Mondays? Back to work, back to the grind, mm. uh, positivity, loving work is, uh, is a good feeling to wake up Monday with a spring in your step. Okay. So are you like motivated by days? Is this like Friday you're super happy too? Or is it just... I'm happy every day of the week, Oh, but, uh, but Monday, it's always a fresh start. Uh, connect with my team, see how they're doing, mm. impact clients. It's just, it's a good day. Yes. Okay. Is it like if you wouldn't have to work, would Monday be, Monday still be a good day? Every, like I said, <laughs> every day is a good day that I'm on the, uh, on <laughs> so this, it will be just Mondays on this six feet of, uh, <laughs> of ground. No, I like that. You know, I think. When you think about that and you put that in perspective and you get motivated by the days and every day is a good day, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Were you always been you were always been like this way where you like every day? No. Okay. Like an optimist. Mm. Um no, early on, teenage years, you know, awkward offspring, green day kind of listening to Metallica. Those, yeah. Yeah. A bit of Metallica, more punk rock, ah. fat records. And you uh, had the really long hair. I did. I had quite oh. the ponytail on top shaved around the sides. So Ooh, that, but wow. that was the nineties. That was the, yeah. that's what's cool. Yeah. How long, how long down my middle midway down my back. That's, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. I, I, when I cut the ponytail, I have the ponytail back home in uh, Scarborough. So, Oh, it's still. I, I I tuck in a hat every now and then if I want to feel eighteen again. Ah, it's just duct tape. Just in a in a hat in a baseball hat. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. I I don't know if it was cool, but <laughs> I thought so at the time. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, so you when do you get up in the morning? I love sleeping in, so I'll sleep as long as I can, and I'll hit the snooze button around 15 times, which drives Ooh. Stephanie crazy. That's possible in your household? Some days, mm. but um, it depends if all the kids are there, if a couple of the kids are there, if no kids are there. So yeah. Um, actually, on Friday, my alarm didn't go off. I was in Geraldton on a work trip, Yeah, and... Uh, The motel, the outlet didn't work. So my phone didn't charge. And I woke up at 11.15. I had just missed What? two or three meetings. Wow. And uh, so I could, I'm a bear. I, I could hibernate if I don't have an yeah. alarm to wake me up. Yeah. You don't have two phones? I, 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 I do. <laughs> <laughs> the other one I didn't set because it's an annoying alarm. So ah, yeah. 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 Is it confusing to have two phones or you feel super good? 
I feel okay. Work phone, personal phone. Mm. Weekends, the work phone goes in the drawer. That's nice. Work day, personal phone goes in the drawer. Yeah. But um, they're both Android now. I had an iPhone and uh, uh, Android, iPhone and Android before, which got a little confusing with updates and mm. changes and widgets and mm. apps and stuff. But uh, So you ditched Apple. My work now uh, has Android, so yeah, I, mu- I much prefer Android. I know there's probably lots of mm. uh, iPhone fanboys out there. Yeah, probably. All you. I'm looking at you right now. Now, why do you like Android better then? Is it the is it the open mind, the possibilities, changing things up? Um, they're just five to six years ahead mm. of iPhone. I find okay. so. Wow, they, five to six years. Yeah, so widgets came out on iPhone this week. Yeah, I think in the yes. latest update, and wow. Androids had. I've had widgets. <laughs> 2013, I think widgets came out. So it's, it's true. Seven years on yeah. that one. Wow. And then with yeah, Apple and the App Store. Uh, it's interesting to see now with um, Fortnite. Mm. So I don't know if you play. You play. I play a lot of Fortnite with four kids in the house. <laughs> so we have. Uh, I think there's. Five kids, five devices playing Fortnite, and wow. uh, Apple shut it down. Oh, uh, yeah, they did because there was some kind of disagreement where funds are going. Apple likes everything through their app store to take mm. their their cut. Epic doesn't doesn't like that kind of. Yeah, they like you to buy it through their app, so yes. they uh, reduce reduce any cost. Uh, okay, because you're playing on the phone. It's, it's, I never got into this, playing games on phones. Yeah, 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 it's pretty wild. And that's the future. So I was reading an article today that the next PS5 is coming out. Yeah. I don't know if you pre-ordered. You pre-ordered? I missed it because I slept <laughs> in on that day. <laughs> so I woke up to my alarm, missed meetings, and I missed the PS5 pre-launch. It's um, sold out. Events. Everywhere. Yeah, don't tell me about it. So <laughs> it's the last, they're predicting it might be the last console because mm. after seven years i think they get a new console and in seven years time they're expecting your mobile device through augmented reality virtual reality it'll just replace your console so yeah i guess so so no more computers either pc gaming was never my thing yeah but um i like the console for that Uh, which version would you have gotten the digital one or the one with digital yeah yeah same here i would have this see this time i would have skipped the hard drive yeah, so I... No, I mean not the hard drive. The, the optical drive. The optical drive. It's it's good if you want to play an old school PlayStation game because it's backwards compatible or if you want to toss in an old DVD or Blu-ray. But, I mean, I never do that. In mm. every game, I hate it because I buy the digital copy because I don't want to go to the store on launch day. Yeah. Especially during COVID, you're kind of stuck in your it's basement. It's super complicated. They book you appointments now. Yeah, but even... So with the digital copy, you don't you don't feel like you own it. Mm. Like I used to love buying the game, opening up the case, looking at the artwork, reading even the instruction manual. Um, yeah, so now I get the FIFA every year. So ah. I don't have my, I stopped at FIFA 16, I think. Mm. And then it went all digital. So I have my collection of FIFA back to FIFA 96 on like wow. SNES. And now I don't have anything to show for it other than an icon in my PlayStation store. Mm. So. How does that make you feel? It's all good. I, I never play those games anyways. It's more for the uh, the, col- the museum. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. If you have them every year lined up, beautiful. It's like CDs, right? You, mm. I don't know if you have a collection of CDs. I'm sure you do here somewhere. But I used to have some, but I think I ditched them. 
So now with Spot, yeah, Spotify, and I know this will be on Spotify, yeah. but uh, yeah. you, you don't have, you, you like that tangible disc, but maybe that's what makes me an old guy instead of a young guy. You know, I used to be the same way where I wanted the physical copies for games, and I was really strong on that, and that's like seven years ago. But now even for, in the, I, I always just say nowadays, I just say, you know, even for the environment, it's better. For sure. You yeah. know, yeah. it's like one less thing produced if you can just download it. Yeah, and I was looking at my old DVDs the other day, and there everything's on Netflix now or on um, on Prime. Mm. So, but it's still if I get hit by a car tomorrow, my kids don't own those video games because they're attached to the license. I guess is attached mm. to me. So there's a whole digital um, well yeah. kind of piece where where does your Minecraft dollars go? Where where do all your <laughs> digital games go? Which kid is going to be fighting for those, right? Yeah, who owns those three hundred hours of Fortnite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, <laughs> there's, there's a financial connection to those. Like, like that's worth money, and and people can can sell their accounts for. I know tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, they sell skins for weapons too, or something like that. Don't get me started on the skins because Fortnite was the first game to offer free download for the game, and mm. you buy the skins. So in the last. During COVID, of course, easily $500 on skins and dances and emotes. Wow. And so half of your listeners won't know what I'm talking about. The other half will yeah. probably be jacked up about it. How does, how, is that you you want it or is it you, the kids? That <laughs> That's all the kids. Okay. Yeah. On my phone, which is the one I use, it's just the default skin and it's mm. called default skin. And But every time a new X-Men character, so Wolverine's coming out and they mm. all want, it's like $32 to buy this Wolverine skin and you Whoa. have to buy it on every device, so it's it's not Whoa. it's not cheap. So yeah, I get it. I trade uh, Fortnite skins for housework. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty that's a pretty smart parenting right there. Yeah, and everything they relate into V bucks. So V bucks are these virtual dollars for Fortnite. So if I give them ten dollars, they're like, "This buys me a thousand V bucks," right? Mm. So they do this exchange in their mind of they don't care about real dollars; they just care about V bucks. Yeah. Bitcoin, I guess it's like Bitcoin, just differently. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you think Fortnite will go on forever? They change it almost too much. So I'm the guy who likes to perfect a game, mm. and every couple of weeks they change the format of it all. So you can't go back and play older levels because they're gone. They ah, update the game, okay. so you miss a lot of the levels or areas where you can go and play but mm. there's nothing more fun than when five or six of us are playing together and my brother's playing from whitby and uh family from all over the world can play together it's, i know it's pretty cool that connection and you can talk too right yeah everybody can talk and hear each other yeah yeah i like that yeah i used to play mostly like battlefield yeah yeah or fifa fifa online i've never played just like the couch co couch co-op yeah, yeah, no, FIFA multiplayer is awesome. Uh, very competitive? Me? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. What's your favorite team? For? Well, for FIFA and then in the real world. FIFA, Borussia Dortmund. Uh -huh. And I'm looking at this beautiful throwback uh, jersey. You know, I, I, I'm wearing a... Yeah, a, you got the two stars on there already. Yeah, yeah, on my uh, on my shirt that I'm wearing, and maybe we'll post a picture about it. But I actually brought you a little Dortmund. I brought you a gift basket. Oh wow! Yeah, you you welcomed me into your home and mm. onto your podcast, and I I, I gratefully um, accepted that and wanted to bring you a, a couple gifts. So oh, I'll, I'll bust that. out a little uh, Dortmund gift. Okay. That's okay, okay, I I won't look. 
Just looking to the side somewhere else right now. I'm getting this over. Thank you. Ooh. It's it's bubble wrapped. So this I actually picked this up in Dortmund. Wow. Hier wohnt ein Borussia Dortmund fan. It doesn't match the uh It's a tile. The decor of our home, but I thought it would look great in here. Uh in the studio? Home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I love it. That's like eight, seven, six inches by six, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. It's a tile of a German saying, and it's uh, the, the Signal Iduna Arena, right? The stadium. I think it's the new one. Yeah. Yeah, they updated that. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. Who's the player? I, that's just Max or something. Ah, yeah. yeah. But no, I'm a big uh, Dortmund fan, of course, which I think we connected on a couple of years ago at mm. uh, Oktoberfest. Yes, Oktoberfest. Thank you so much. I, I love this. This tile is going to be in the studio forever. Yeah. I'm gonna and being competitive, it's hard being a Dortmund fan because we're always runners up to Bayern Munich. Not always. Just all the, just just the last always. seven years. And <laughs> Munich just won the treble. For those who don't know soccer, that's when you win all three uh, trophies. Yeah, but it was a special season, right? Yeah, the COVID season. Yeah. Does it count? Does it not count? There's a lot of debate out there. If your team wins, absolutely it counts. But if you don't, yeah. win. I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. Yeah, I think it's almost like <sighs> Munich. Just you know, you know that they're gonna win. It's like, well, almost like the Yankees, but they they spend a lot of money to bring in players, but no salary cap, mm. and it's hard. So Dortmund's the builders, right? So Jaden Sancho, Erling Haaland, they. Dorman brings uh, the players to a level and then they sell them. So Dorman seems as more of a business and uh, mm. a farm system. So. Yes. You miss Jürgen Klopp? I follow Liverpool now. Mm, so you Liverpool fan too? In the Premier League, just because of him. Yes. So I used to like Chelsea, <laughs> but Jürgen Klopp is the, the soccer god. Mm. Is he giving you inspiration, the way he lives and he talks and on press conferences? He's pretty rad. He's pretty cool. Yeah. He's the most engaging coach I've ever seen. The other guys like Mourinho and Guardiola, they have more of the 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 Western Europe, Southwestern Europe kind of flair to them. But mm -hmm. Jurgen Klopp's a real guy. You'd want to have a beer with him. He's really cool. Yeah. The way he protects his players in front of the media and the way he converts Yeah. Just the way he does it, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. He's just a real guy. Uh, maybe. Well, even in his initial press conference, they were talking about, I think it was Jose Mourinho, he's the special one. And mm -hmm. Jurgen Klopp's like, I'm the normal one. I'm the regular guy <laughs> who watches soccer Saturday morning on my couch. And uh, I just love the game. Yeah, he got hurt when he was playing professionally. For Mainz, yeah. Yeah, and then he, he ended up quitting his soccer playing career. Yeah. And then he coached. And he'll be coaching the national team in a couple of years, too. You think so? For England? No. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool, two more years. Farhan Youssef, who was on your show last week, will will appreciate the soccer talk. But uh, mm. Jurgen Klopp, two more years at Liverpool, and then uh, he'll be coaching and taking over for Yogi Löw at the German national team. I don't know. I'll bet you uh, <laughs> a Stein or okay, a okay. mass of beers. Yeah. All right, and one mass of beer. Yeah. Two years. Yeah, I will text you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Okay, yeah, I don't know. So you say you don't have a regular schedule in the morning where you get up at a certain time. Meetings normally start eight thirty to nine. Yeah, but uh, COVID's been great, and then my commute, 
My showers are shorter. I don't need to iron my shirt because the webcam's not that great. Mm, you cold shower? No. <laughs> no way. No way. But uh, run downstairs, quick commute, depending if I have to bring my kids to school or not. And uh, I'm on the I'm on the video 15 minutes after I uh, after I wake up. So That's nice. I, I love my sleep. Mm. Breakfast? Important? Coffee. Coffee. I've been trying intermittent fasting every once in a while. So for that, you can just have black coffee yeah. until about 2 in the afternoon. How does that work for your body? Is it good for you? I don't mind it. Mm. I feel good. I uh, I have challenges every couple of years. I hit a top and then I'll hit a bottom for, for weight. So intermittent fasting and recently keto I've tried. Um, yeah, what's keto? Keto's no uh, no carbs, like five five percent carbs, seventy mm. to eighty percent fat. Um, it's it's pretty intense. You're eating bricks of cream cheese, and you're eating <laughs> bacon for every meal, and, kind of and tablespoons of mayonnaise. Uh, right? Yeah. So you can only put whipped cream in your coffee. No whipped cream has sugar. Whipped cream is sugar. Yeah, so you put butter. Mm. You can put butter in your coffee. Well, you can just whipped cream the whipped cream so much that it turns into butter. Yeah, Almost. but there's still sugar and, <laughs> and whipped cream. I didn't know that. That's yeah. why it's so good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Sugar and fat. You like black forest cake? No, I'm from North Germany, right? Ah. So more cheesecakes, mm. I find, and um, like strudels a bit. But yeah, black forest cheesecake. I heard your interview with Amanda a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. she mentioned she liked black forest cheesecake, but it, it was never really a thing in her home. Mm. Yeah, I like the old school Black Forest. Yeah. It's really good. I noticed you're really close to um, uh, Brent Park store. Yeah. Great stop. I don't know if you go there often. and I do once in a while. Mm, here and there. Okay. Yeah, it's not like not every week. No? No, but you know, I do I do my part, but it, I can't go there every week. I can't. Yeah, Paul Trevisanudo there. He's a he's a rock star. He'd be yeah, he, great to have on the show. He does so much too. Did you see how he painted now? Did he he moved. Yeah, yeah. Over over on this side of town, uh, a couple blocks over. But I went in there a couple weeks ago. So you get your mayonnaise and your mustard in tubes, which is unusual mm. in North America. You can get real Haribo gummy bears instead of the mm. the fake uh, North American gummy bears, Kinder Eggs. Do you do you like remolada? Remolada, the the one that is not a mayonnaise, not a ketchup, but it comes out of the tube and it's like with herbs and spices. Never had it. And there's, I think there's little pieces of um, gherkins in there. Okay, no. What? No. Okay. Fleischsalat, though, which is meat salad, yeah. which sounds disgusting, but it's great. So good. Do you Ma- mayonnaise and uh, bologna all cut up. Yeah. And do you do you eat met? Met for sure. Yeah. 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 That's raw meat. People stare at raw pork. (laughs) You got to eat it within two days, but Mm. you put a little bit of salt and pepper on there. You put onions on there? No, just salt, pepper in a spoon, and I'll eat it like yogurt. Mm. Not even on bread? No. Because you're on your keto diet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make those calls. Yeah. And pickled herring. Yeah. Roll mops. That's nice. They have there. And uh, no, it's a great little store for people who are from Germany, but. My uncle and aunt came a couple of years ago from Germany, and I made the mistake of buying all this German food. And mm. I brought it home, and I said, here's my gift to you for coming to Canada. And they're like, we came to Canada, and we didn't want to go back to Germany and eat German food, right? So yeah. it's funny how we think that people want to eat what they're used to eating, but they travel to try new foods. So I think it's the culture, right? Like the initial sh- shock. I would call it shock, where you come over here, and it's... 
it's different. It's not the way you have been eating for 20 years. Well, and what, what is Canadian food? Poutine? Mm, burgers. Burgers is American, Canadian. What do we really have? Thunder Bay, on the other hand, has lots of great mm. food. We have the best hot sauce in the world, the best Gouda cheese in the world, the best pretzels down a Sweet North Bakery in the world. Yeah. We have a lot of those things, but um, traditional Thunder Bay. We have the Persian, but I'm not the biggest Persian fan. Oh, you don't I, like sweet. I don't mind sweet, but I think we have so much more to offer than throw a... Uh, a sticky donut at someone mm. when they come to town. Okay. We have uh, amazing chocolate here. We have mm. said hot sauce. Like I'd rather everyone leaves town with a bottle of heartbeat hot sauce than, uh, than anything else. Yeah. You put that on your lunch, I guess. Eggs. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, which one do you put on your eggs? Which hot? Yeah. Because you get that four pack, right? You have the blueberry, the pineapple, you have the jalapeno, and then you have the red one. Yeah. The blueberry I put on pizza sometimes. Ooh, surprisingly. What, what kind of pizza? Like any kind of pizza, like any kind of pizza. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like a margarita pizza. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. I've never tried that. No, I like hot sauce on on most things. Mm. Burgers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I used to put the blueberry one on the eggs, a sunny side up in the morning. I kind of like that. The um, red habanero on the eggs is on point. Wow, we did total opposite. Yeah. The red one goes on my pizza. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have weird tastes, like uh, burgers, peanut butter and jam. Mm. Best, best burger you'll ever have. Oh, that's the one from uh, the local pizza guy, Jim, right? Well, Jim Jam has a burger at yeah. Derek's. Um, Beefcake? Beefcake Burgers. Yeah. But a couple they, of years ago, I had peanut butter and jam on a burger, mm. and it change, changes your world for so, burgers. So how does that happen? How do you get peanut butter and jam on your burger? It's like this, this is not an accident, right? It was, I think, originally. <laughs> it's probably a drunken night, but um, the richness of the meat and the saltiness of the peanut butter and the sweetness of the jam—it just mm, really blends yeah, together. So, and you throw some bacon in there, and it's yeah, it's like breakfast and lunch and dinner together. It's so good. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think there's a lot of foods that are very Canadian. But I, I, I would have a hard time calling them out because it's just like you you are around them every day. The beauty of Canadian and Thunder Bay food is it's a blend of all cultures, right? Yes. So pierogies. We have amazing pierogies here in Thunder Bay and you can do fusions on pierogies. I had pizza pierogies the other week. I had Thai curry pierogies, right? Mm. So you can morph foods and that's where Canada's kind of fusion comes in where you can try a whole bunch of different foods together, which is awesome. Yeah. Food is big for you. I love food. Yeah. I see on your Instagram, you like, you highlight local restaurants, businesses where you go and then you, sh it's like a shout out and that's like bringing awareness to each and every single business you go to. Yeah, I have a passion for entrepreneurship. So it might come out of jealousy because I always wanted to go into business myself. I just never had the guts mm. to take that risk, right? What would you have done? Anything from um, food, because I love food, yeah. to I designed an office chair, um, mm. to a customer service certification program. Mm. I, there's many business ideas I have, but when it comes to that injection of time and money, That's when I, I yeah. turn the other way and go back to my cushy uh, salary uh, job. Yeah, okay. Interesting. I went to, then when you said food is like the restaurant you would, could do, I went to, I think, between Kalina, Kalina and the Rockies Banff, 
we stopped somewhere. I think it was actually in Kalina, and there's a German restaurant, and it's a Bavarian style. Cool. And they just have those big scoops of, um, and they just scoop the food in, and it's like, <laughs> it's just like everything is made into those big pots, and it's like it's goulash. Yeah. And it's just, it's so good and so authentic. Yeah. I see you do this. For sure. <laughs> Every but the, day. the local love for our businesses is just, I don't know where it comes from. Some of, some of my work um, in previous jobs was dealing with entrepreneurs and knowing the risks they take and the challenges they have. And I, I just, I'm just a big proponent of local businesses. And I think we have so many amazing entrepreneurs here in Thunder Bay and uh, just need more and more people to support them. And sometimes their biggest challenge is marketing. So mm. if I if I can post something and two people <laughs> go there because of me, yeah. um, and I can highlight a, a good business, I think it's I think it's important that we all rally around those who invest in our community. And um, sometimes they get frustrated with some of the larger chain coffee shops. There's lineups and people wait 15 minutes for their coffee when we have amazing spots like St. Paul's and uh, Bay Village and Upshot. And I'd put our local coffee shops up against any coffee shops in the entire world just for the quality of the beans, which actually brings me to my next game. It's like a never-ending bag. Rosencrantz, Rwanda, a bag of beans. Hopefully, I have a grinder there, Michael. Yeah, we can make this work. Wow. Yeah, he's gonna. He's coming on last by the giant. Yeah, Jamie, he's amazing. We booked him in for like mid October. Yeah. So this, uh, you can. Wow. S- I signed up for a subscription, and uh, so he delivers coffee to my house every two weeks, and uh, I just haven't been able to drink as quickly as it comes in. So I had mm. an extra bag, and I saw on your Instagram that you enjoy coffee. So I do. Yeah, we, we bought this new coffee machine. I I have said this before. It's a twelve pot maker. Nice. And the first day we got it, I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty hyper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, grinding the beans with these is great. I don't know if you have a grinder and the whole. I think I can make this work. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I have a buddy who can let me his. Or just put in a ziploc and smash a shoe over it, or as a hammer. Mm. That's that's extra flavor. Yeah. <laughs> So what is this? Do you know this one? Do you have you ever had this one? The Rwanda's great. Yeah. I think they have it at the airport. Okay. Uh, so the airport underwent a big change where they're offering local options. So St. Paul and Rosencrantz are there and uh, mm. Rwanda I think is one of the features they have but Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate no that. Yeah. I will let you know how it is so when I smack those beans. Yeah, <laughs> and let, let Jamie know how they are too. I will. When he comes on. Yeah, I will. I will uh, let you know, let him know that you gave me that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Did you did you ever go somewhere where they actually grow coffee? No. Yeah, okay. My travel always brought me to Europe. Mm. So parents from Germany every year or two I had to go not had to go but uh, went to went to Germany and then ever since I just have an affinity for for Europe. I'd love to live in Europe someday, and uh, mm. so that's usually where my travels bring me. Other than the Caribbean here, or there. Okay, so that's uh, you you like Europe that much, eh? Yeah, I think twenty two times last time I counted. So, mm. um, so where would you live in a castle? <laughs> Switzerland, Switzerland. Yeah. Oh, okay. In uh, they have castles there too, don't they? They have some. Germany kind of has uh, has the nicest castles on the romantic road there leading mm. from uh, Frankfurt to Munich. Yeah. But uh, no, Switzerland such a cool, such a cool country. And mm. uh, you speak French? No. Okay. Mostly German, a little bit of French. 
Um, Stephanie speaks French and German, but uh, she'd have to help me. But I'd live in the in the German part of Switzerland by the Jungfrau. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After I retire, I'll live in the Alps and buy a couple cows and goats. And nice. That'll be that'll, that'll be the end of me. You can sleep in every day. <laughs> yeah. Wake up from the cows, uh, the cow bells, and their bells. Yeah, I went with one of your previous um, guests, Dave Thomas. Oh yeah, Dave and a friend Chris and Blair and I went to Oktoberfest in mm. 2013, which was a great trip. Yes, you sent me that picture in from him. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I I hit up Dave today, and he said, "Can you return this favor to me?" <laughs> okay. Oh no, he sent you a picture. Yeah. So he sent me this picture of you. Just don't post it. No, 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 I won't. So he wanted me to show you this picture and then ask you if you remember what was going on in this photo. <laughs> there you go. I pass it over to you. Oh, geez. Yeah, that was long. See, that's when I was at the at the lower end of the um, the weight. So that was about forty pounds ago. No, we were at uh, a friend at Lake Shabanduan, and we had a really good uh, time out there. And we actually had a contest: who can punch each other harder on the arm? So on the arm, on the shoulder. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I'm still feeling the effects of that. Mm, you guys are hugging there. We're hugging. We're spooning a little bit. I'm I'm the big spoon because I'm a big guy. Yeah, you are. Uh, He's like you hit the basement here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then if you see on my back, I have uh, my tattoo is German Canadian themed. It's funny. Uh, oh, I didn't catch that. Sent that. So when did you get that? Two thousand six. Mm. It's just a German flag in a Canadian maple leaf. I like that. Yeah, so we had a really good trip to Oktoberfest. How I did that happen? Highly. Did you just ask him, "Hey, you want to go to Europe?" Dave and I were hanging out at uh, Salt and Pepper one night, and we were talking about Oktoberfest. Um, and we said, okay, we'll each grab a friend. I grabbed Chris, he grabbed Blair, and yeah. um, we booked flights, I think, the next week. Uh, and then we took the trip. And I recommend, if anyone's looking for one of the best parties you'll ever go to, Oktoberfest is the place to go. And it, it's not like a frat kind of style. I'm sure you've been. I've been once. Yeah, my dad took me. It was fantastic. We drove down through uh, Nuremberg. We yeah. stayed the night in Nuremberg first. Because and anybody who doesn't know, in Nuremberg, you still have that original Middle Age stone wall around downtown. Yeah. It's still standing yeah. from the Middle Ages. So that was nice to see because I've never seen it before. And then we went down to um, the Oktoberfest. We stayed, I think, just one night. But it's a pretty classy event. Like we we think of Oktoberfest here being all frat guys in later hosen and women in, in short dresses, but it's a it's a pretty fancy event over there. I found it's very official. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody dresses up. Yeah, and you better bring authentic later hosen and not the yeah not the ones you buy at the at the Halloween store. Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have later hosen until I got here. Yeah. <laughs> northern germans but yeah so dave and i and our two friends went to buy lederhosen on a sunday and we only we found the only lederhosen store open on a sunday but mm, yeah that's right um, nothing's open on the sunday nothing yeah, that's because of the church right i guess so mm. but this one uh, i think it was run by folks from turkey and uh yeah, yeah. so yeah. we got a, a wicked uh, couple pair of lederhosen and we pranced around munich for a couple of days nice yeah. They grow with you, right? Yeah. You, when you buy them for your kid and their kid is like six or seven or eight years old, they can wear them till they're teenagers. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I bought my two-year-old lederhosen and they might fit around his big toe nowadays. Okay. Yeah, but that's like that's like when they still grow a lot. <laughs> I said a little bit later. Yeah. 
Yeah, my dad used to my my dad's dad told my dad to whirl him sometimes, but my dad didn't really like that so much. Yeah, because when you're not from Munich, you actually don't whirl him. No, it's not a typical German thing. It's very specific on the province. Bavaria, yeah, yeah, the Kingdom of Bavaria. The Kingdom of Bavaria. Do you think they will ever separate? I don't think so. It's like Quebec, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very much that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting. So you did you do anything else while you were down in the Oktoberfest? Did you would you clarify who that woman was? Was it just a friend? <laughs> in the picture yeah. <laughs> I sent you that was just some random um yeah, photo bomb who, who who liked one of the folks we were traveling with. So. Okay. Yeah. But because Dave didn't remember. We never saw her again. It was a five minute hello. Yeah, that's good. You want to come in a picture? Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. And then there were 10,000 people behind us in the picture. Mm. So. It's pretty wild, though. So I don't know if people actually realize how temporary Oktoberfest is. So these tents that fit anywhere from 6,000 to 15,000 people are just set up for that week. And the population, I think, of Munich is 900,000 mm. normally and goes to um, 4 million, I think, during Oktoberfest. It's, wow. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. But, uh, yeah, we did that. We went into Switzerland, Austria. Did you drive over the Alps? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Did your car die or was it good? No, we were good. Okay. My buddy Chris, uh, I think it was a standard. So he's Portuguese, so he knew how to drive a standard car. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have got stuck up uh, yeah. up in the uh, in the Alps. It does happen. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we drove over the Alps and we had a rental car. No, actually, we left, and I we heard something in the engine bay, and it took us six hours to get to Munich. And by the time we were at the Alps, we had to replace the water pump. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it gets rough. So Stefan and I went last, not this year, but the previous May, and um, we weren't still, We it was, I think it was April 30th, and they don't open up the passes until June 1st. Mm. And uh, I tried. Uh, I turned around pretty quickly when the snow up there mm. started flying because those roads are, are treacherous. Yeah. Do you have chains? No. No. It was just a rental car. So. Yeah. yeah. A Fiat. A little Fiat. I think. Mm. The 500. Yeah. Yeah. Zoom, zoom. They yeah. get really sporty too, you know? Yeah. They put the big engine in those. Yeah. No, they're pretty fun to drive. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, you, let's go a little bit back in time. So you you and we're gonna talk about your job in a bit, but now you you are born in Canada, right? In Scarborough, so East Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you are like big city boy, kinda like Scarborough is a suburb of mm. Toronto, especially back then. Uh, very multicultural. Mm. Um, friends from all different countries around the world came were in Scarborough, and great place to to grow up. A uh, great place to play sports and go to school, graduate high school, and then figure out where to go. Okay. So you were into sports? Yeah. What kind of sport? Football, baseball, volleyball. Basketball? Basketball a bit. You'd be at the perfect size for basketball. In Thunder Bay, maybe not in Scarborough. We had a lot of taller oh, wow. uh, players on our team. So I, I rode the bench, and then I uh, I played football. And, mm, you played football? baseball. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Nice. What position? Defensive uh, end, so wow. The kill the quarterback spot. You killed them. <laughs> Run over the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw the movie, the program, but uh, no, 
Yeah. Oh. Add it to your, your list. I will. So how, how, why football? Football was, it's just a fun, fun sport to play. Did you like that physical contact? Did you like that power where you were like, you would charge? Yeah. Is it almost like a battlefield, isn't it? It's a, it's a chess game too. Mm. So like a, a basketball or a soccer, you're constantly running around. Whereas football, you constantly reset every play. You, you have to know all the plays. You have to watch game tape. You have to really know the player you're against. So if someone swaps out, you have to know what someone's tendencies are. So it, it really is a chess match Okay. with brute force. Yeah. Yes, it gets very physical. It's fun. You like that? I love it. Yeah. yeah. Why, don't, why did you not do boxing then? I'm too slow. <laughs> Big guys like me are pretty slow. Okay. Yeah. But did you think about it? Boxing, no. Wrestling, I tried, and then I got my yellow belt in judo. Ah. Um, but uh, I was never diagnosed with ADD, but sometimes I feel I have attention <laughs> deficit disorder where mm. I try something, I do well at it, and then I move on to something else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that could be just because it's you too, right? So. Yeah, I just like trying a lot of things. So I think that's a very, um, very you where you, you put yourself out there, right? You've been involved with so many things. Yeah, and I like starting something. I like seeing a vision out a year or two uh, with work or community, and then you find someone to pass it off to who has that, who can bring it to the next gear, right? Yes. Was that, a, was that the master plan with Nathan? Like when you brought him on, did you know that he's going to take over what you were doing, or did you just ask him on? With Shift? Yeah. So yeah. So shift it started out this young professional network. It was a small little group back in 2008, and um, Chris, who I went to Oktoberfest with, him and I decided to bring it to the next next level. So we rebranded it Shift. Great guys like Nathan and Peter Peter uh, Peter Markle and Amanda Bay came aboard, mm. and it just morphed into something great. But it was just it's no one person's contribution that made it what it is today. We all had a, a little part to play and without the team overall it would it would have failed but it, it seems to be doing quite well today i get that I, the thing i want to ask you directly is where you you put nathan on the board right you asked yeah. him and he joined and then he took over yeah was that the plan or did it just happen it was a it was a plan yeah okay yeah yeah because i told nathan when he was on the show it's almost like this was the master plan of yours where you had this you had that vision maybe you had that eye like this is very um ruler or political like yeah. you 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 know your people and you place them where you can right yeah and i think that comes from ever since i gra graduated university i was a manager at, at a bank so early 20s bank manager you figure out how to be an effective leader and mm. you just allow your people to do great things and you allow them to lead and and the sign of a great leader is someone who has people who work with him or for him become leaders themselves. And and Nathan didn't need any injection um, of, of confidence or, or um, you know, experience. But, uh, yeah, always look for people who can take your spot one day and and believe in them. And, and I'm, I'm a strong believer if you get your employees or those around you uh, and you task them with something, they'll do a way better job than you'll ever do. And you have to have the trust in in, in those people. That's hard to come by nowadays where leadership gives you that opportunity, you know? I think it's maybe changing more and more, but there's a there's different leadership as well. It, it all comes down to trust. Yeah. So 
I have a couple principles that I hold true. So one of them is the ideal team player has to be humble, hungry, and smart. Okay. When I talk about humble, you know, that's the one I need to maybe work on. You do, you do cool things, but no one knows about it. You allow others to shine a light on you. So you mm. be humble. Hungry is just competitiveness, having a hunger to change the community, having a hunger to win at your job, having a hunger to be the best dad or partner you can be. And then smarts isn't so much IQ, it's EQ. So the ability to connect with someone, the emotional uh, intelligence to have a conversation with someone and, 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 and see that. So that's valued nowadays. For sure. Wow. More than IQ. Okay. So, so I say all the time, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I never will be the smartest guy in the room, but you work hard and you try to connect with people. You make that connection. Yeah. And, and my only, I've had a couple of regrets in hiring and, and some of them have had uh, great education, mm. but didn't have the ability to connect with their coworkers, their colleagues, And, and just didn't have that emotional intelligence to understand how they came across or that self-awareness. I see. Okay, so that's three pillars almost. Yeah. You have the hunger. Now, is that like, is that a natural ability or is that something you can learn? It's hard. It's probably the hardest one to drive out of someone is, is hunger. It, either you're competitive or you're not. Mm, in a healthy way, you mean? Or is it like an honor system? Or how do you mean that hunger? Like where you hunger is just wanting to be the best. Ah, okay. Yeah, a strive to be the best, um, a strive to give it your all. Mm. So whether you're playing soccer or basketball, you go until your last breath. Yeah, and it's like coming back again, and I do it again. I failed, I do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a hunger to be successful, right? Mm. I hurt myself. It doesn't matter. I heal. I go back again. Yeah, or I before you heal, you just go in. The yeah. guy who's on the bench who got his teeth knocked out and he jumps back over the boards to mm. play another. That's your man. Another line. That's. It's a cool <laughs> quality to have. Yeah. And um, so if you find if I find people those three attributes, those are the kind of folks I gravitate to. So a lot of your previous guests have all of those three characteristics and. Uh, I, I challenge even the leaders that I get the pleasure of, of working with to, you know, coach people to be all three of those pieces. Right? Mm. How do you stay humble? It's hard. <laughs> yes, I will believe so. It's the human nature, right? Isn't it? Yeah. It's human nature when you get power. Power is power. Yeah, so there's certain things. Like even this radio show is hard because you try not to do I or me, right? Mm. So you try to speak more in the collective mean nature the of the community. No, like me, like me, Michael Nitz, or yeah. I did this, or I did that. And you speak of yourself and we do? Yeah, so yeah, you, try like to, that. you try to do more we. So like with the shifting collective effort, um, no one likes the person who tries to take credit for everything. Right? Mm, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> But even the success of your show. So I'm looking at all these amazing pictures of past guests on, on all your different podcasts. Like they, they exude a lot of those characteristics and a lot of them are humble. Like I'm, I'm seeing Damien Gilbert over there and mm. he's a total humble guy. Um, and does the most incredible work you could ever imagine here in Thunder Bay, but just totally humble guys like Vince Mirabelli. He mm. exudes all three of those characteristics, right? So they're typically the leaders of our, of our organizations. And I can share a diagram with you where it looks at people who have even only two or one of those characteristics, like someone who's just hungry 
is not humble and is not smart is a bulldozer. Yeah. Right. So there's different personality traits depending on the percentage that they are either of those three things. Okay. And how do you stay humble? How, like what, what would you tell people how to stay humble? You just have to check yourself. How many times do you say I or me versus we or okay. us? Is it also what you give instead of take? Yeah. So again, Vince is that kind of guy. So, mm. Um, Vince does so much in the community. Uh, he doesn't look for the recognition. Others recognize him. So Stephanie and I got engaged a week ago. Congratulations. We, yeah. Vince is trying to sell our house yes, and, uh, we came home to a bottle of champagne and chocolates and a heart. He didn't, he wasn't the guy to take a picture and post it to say, Hey, here's what I do. Uh, but Steph and I sure did. Mm. So did that, you know it was him? Yeah, he's got the key to our house because he's showing it, right? Okay. So I hoped it was him, not some <laughs> robber who broke into our house and left chocolate and, sh and uh, yeah, okay. champagne. No, makes sense. That's beautiful. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. And, and guys like Dave and Derek Lankin and like all these faces that I see on your on your wall here, like they're all pretty humble dudes, but they're doing incredible things. So mm. if you you see that in your personal life too, the humble, hungry, and and smart. And if you think you're friends, those are qualities that you wanna you wanna see in your friends. Yes. And how do you get emotionally good in conversations? What do you tell people? That like maybe they're like they're not hundred percent there, they're eighty percent. How do you how do you lead them to their potential? I think you people who are who you surround yourselves are, they are humble, but you have to shine a light on them, right? So um I recently took over a new job in May okay. during COVID, the height of COVID, which was interesting. So I have, there's 380 employees that kind of report up into me. Wow. Uh, yeah. Is that like the biggest ever? I, I, I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm too humble to say. There you go. I like it. <laughs> right. See, I'm learning. Yeah. But um, so trying to connect with each of them. And so if I'm on the phone with one of my branch managers and they say, so-and-so did a great job. I can easily send them a text message. I can send them a, a, a Skype message just to say, hey, great job. I hear about what you're doing. Mm. And that kind of just recognition or thumbs up informally in a text message is making an impact. For me, it's a couple seconds of my time. I don't think I'm that valuable. But for them, mm. it, it, it gives them a little boost. So I have this piece where if any of my leaders have someone on their team who's feeling down about themselves or is not having a good day, I want them to message me right away so I can give them a little boost. Just say, hey, mm. keep fighting. Keep looking after your clients. You're doing an amazing job. So if we can elevate and shine the light on our, on our people and then give them the opportunity to grow. Yeah. So we've had a lot of projects where some of my counterparts across Canada have taken on the job themselves of leading a project, finding those people who are hungry, humble, smart to take on a project. And if you get someone in... Um, a front-facing customer role to take on a big project, you'll be amazed at what they they can they can contribute. Whereas mm. if I did it, it'd just be another task I have to manage. And um, it's really cool. There's been a couple projects that I've just been blown away with the the quality of the people we have, and it makes them feel more connected to us as an organization. It makes them feel that we trust them, and it gives them, you know, manage or project management skills that are going to are going to help them in the long term. Yes. Sounds like magic to me. It's cool. It's fun. Yes. I can I can relate a little bit 
I used to work in the hospitality business and there was a couple of GMs that I worked under and the one guy, um, you, you probably know him, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, Edward. Yeah, and he, I still call him Mr. Mayor yeah, because yeah. that's just how you address him. Herr Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the Netherlands. Uh, absolutely amazing gentleman. I love him. He was the only GM who weekly would come down to my um, department and would say, hey, Michael, how are you doing? What is going on with you? Where can we do things? And he would also walk through my area and inspect it yeah. every week. Not the, not the same day, not the same time, but he would make that time where he would connect. And then you feel like I work for something bigger. Yeah, and he brings out the best qualities. And he built this legacy that you carry on mm. because of him, right? So to try to be a leader like him or Bruno Nieder, Bruno Nieder I don't mm. know if you know Bruno yeah, from he, Kia. Yeah, he used to be at the hotel too. At right? the airline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Silvio De Gregorio with Bruno's contracting and Whitewater. Like these are phenomenal guys who bring out the best in their people and they're so humble mm. in their approach. But Edward's a great example where uh, I'd always see him and he'd always coach me on a tire. So I usually um, wear a suit and tie and mm. he was the only one who actually recognized it and kind of coached me on you know that presentation and how important it is that your your billboard or your your physical brand is a reflection of your personal brand and that it's professional so ah. edward's a really cool guy and he's got the the army connection too yeah he's an honorable member of the military yeah he certainly is yeah very nice i like that and that's another way of him giving back to the community yeah, he just sees, maybe he sees potential in people and he's always trying to get folks to develop. And I've never heard anything even remotely negative about Edward and the connection he's made on people because he's just a phenomenal guy. And, uh, mm. Yeah. So yeah. finding mentors like that that you can learn from, I think, is, is key too to being a, trying to be a good leader. Yeah. How do you, how do you walk away from things you did though? Like, let's say, shift. You you built something new. You trans no. I know I say you, but everybody the there, yeah, the team. Yeah. But you were you were the head, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the position you were in? A president. Yeah, yeah, you were the president. Now, the, in this position, you were leading or leadership, maybe all together. Okay, let's just say everybody together. And how do you how do you make that cut where you get out of something after a certain time and you just can detach? How is that possible? There's always someone who could take something to the next level, I find. It's just a matter of finding that person, mm. right? So you build a vision, but it's not your vision either. It's the vision of the collective. So with Shift, it was a group of young professionals. So our first annual meeting where we voted our first ever board, we were in a tiny little room, and everyone who showed up to the meeting was on the board. Okay. Now they do an election. I think dozen or two dozen people apply for a couple of positions, right? Yeah. So. We started off as this group who had this vision to build an organization and people come and go, but the, your GPS never changes, right? Like that end game never changes. You just need someone else to take over the, the steering wheel because you just get a little tired, right? I guess so. But there's people who hold on. There's people who don't let go. There's people who not let other people fill in. Yeah. What would you tell them? If you truly love something, sometimes you just got to let it go like that, right? Like mm. if you see the potential and you don't wake up on a Monday and you're excited to go to work, that's the first sign that you need a new job. So you need to be challenged by something else. So 
um, I had, I was getting involved in the chamber of commerce then too. So I took over as the chair of the chamber of commerce and I had shift too. And I, it was just a balance of time and guys like Nathan and Peter, um, were there and they were doing way more than I was. And, um, it was just the, the timing just work works out. Yeah. Okay. I always, I, you know, when in my career, when I, I, I had a job where I was like for 10 years, I worked up my, in, in the, um, whatever, like you, you start a little lower, you work yourself up, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, like people left after two, three years and the first time that happened, I was like, oh, this was a good guy. And then you get used to people just leave constantly. I guess that's what it is. Maybe you just get used to it. But the vision lives on. So if I think of the Valhalla, there was Edward, then there was Renee, then there was Mary, then there was Travis. Now I don't know who's there, but mm. it's still the same brand. It's just, it's got a, they change the culture a little bit. Mm. But for the most part, if you have a strong vision from the beginning, putting the client first, Northern Hospitality, here's our brand, your leader shouldn't change that all too much, mm. right? The the heart, the the worst thing a leader can do is sometimes get in the way too much of it, their people. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's interesting. That's yeah. a really like leadership is a, is a thing for you, right? Yeah, it's something I, I take a lot of pride in. I'm still learning a ton, um, but you just look after your people and they'll look after your customers mm. and you go there and there's countless um, political leaders or business leaders in town and you can always spot the ones who are going to fail because they're not authentic. They're not humble. Mm. They have too much control. Um, and, and you can spot them a mile away sometimes. And you never want to be one of those leaders who, when you go to war and you turn around, no one's behind you. Right? Yeah. You want to be that, that, that leader that encourages everyone to, to reach beyond their boundaries and are going to be there at your side when you go to war. I understand. Do you feel like an, a traditional interview is um, is good to get to know people? Like a job interview? Yeah. Would you say that yeah, you can check off those three pillars in a job interview? Is that possible? Yeah. You can? So there's questions that I've developed that I, I, I had this conversation today with one of my branch managers um, about questions you can ask to uncover each thing. But I'm pretty intense when it comes to the interview process and mm. it's it's funny you brought this up because I was talking about last week. So oh. if some banking, yeah. typically you post a job, people apply online, mm -hmm. you call 10% of them for an interview. Isn't it like AI vetted, vetting it out now? Yeah. So for me, if someone doesn't email, call, or visit me personally and say, hey, Mike, you know me or you don't know me, but I wanna, I, I'm wanna, i really hungry for this job, um, if they don't do that, if they don't make that effort, mm. they're not hungry enough to yeah. work, right? So like if that. they can't call me or find out my name, if I'm the hiring manager, how are they going to call a customer to try to talk to them about providing them with financial advice? Mm. Right? Is it easy to find your name, you would think? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I usually the job posting says reporting to the branch manager, district vice president, whatever, mm. in Thunder Bay And then you can Google You that? can go on LinkedIn. Yeah. You can ask around. Okay. If it's a bank, you just walk into the bank and you just say, hey, I saw this job was posted. Who do I need to, who's going to do the hiring, right? Mm. And those kind of attributes will show you that someone's hungry for the job. There's nothing worse than someone applying online, coming for the interview, and 
when you ask them why that particular bank, they say, well, a bank's a bank. I don't care. I just want a, a job in banking. Mm. That, that person, I don't even let them finish the interview. I'm like, okay, it's, it's probably time that you leave. Okay. So that's the first thing. If they don't, if they don't take that care or that hunger to get the job. But then I look for things like where they park. Mm. So if a job candidate comes in, and I used to do this when I managed a place on Arthur Street. Yeah. If they took the parking spot at the front, which, I mean, you leave the best parking spots for your clients. Yes. Right? So if a job candidate parks the front spot next to the handicapped spot, gets out with his suit and tie and comes in and has this sense of entitlement, it mm. tells me he's not humble. Oh, wow. And I, I let them sit in the chair where I can physically see them sitting there and I let them wait five minutes after the start mm-hmm. of the interview. Yeah. And if they're getting restless in their seat, if they're checking their watch, if they're looking agitated because I'm making them wait, mm-hmm. it's an instant sign that they're not humble and they have this chip on their shoulders. So mm. I usually know before they even step in the office. If, if you I'm wouldn't say that would show hunger, like when you're like, if someone's sitting there and they have a, a if they really want a job, they're not going to be pissed off that ah, the guy yes, is making okay. them wait a little bit, right? I get it. And then I'd have like the front desk person actually ask a couple questions of the person to test them on how their EQ was. Mm. So wow. I, I won't name her name, but I'd say, so-and-so, I have an interview coming in, test them. Mm. And she would know my test, like a couple questions to get him or her talking um, and that would be my EQ kind of test. So, mm-hmm. and then she'd message me and she'd say, no go or no, he's good. Okay. He, he, he makes the next step, right? Yeah. Wow. So it begins before it begins. Way before it begins. Handshake yeah. tells you a lot. COVID, you, you lose that. But yeah. uh, eye contact, mm. the ability to connect, rapport building, all sorts of things. Um, tell you a lot about someone. Mm. If they complain about their current job, if they complain about a boss, mm. they're going to be complaining about you two years down the line. So don't bother hiring them. Yeah. So do you think education is still a big part? No. Okay. Wow. Yeah, like myself looking back, I'm in Thunder Bay because I came to Lakehead University. But if I didn't, if I didn't, I did two years kinesiology, three years business. Okay. And if I didn't have that, Sometimes I think, would I have had a five-year head start? Mm. Because if you have hungry, humble, smarts, sure, you pick up some of those things in school, but um, it's it's a tough thing. And I didn't get the best grades. I didn't go to most of my classes. I showed up for the exam, and I got just enough mm. to get that piece of paper that got me in the door, right? Yeah. And I learned some things along the way, but I learned more through social interactions or mm. social clubs than I did sometimes in, in some classes that I was required to take. So Interesting. So now you have that candidate in the room and you had that pre-checklist. Yeah. And let's say, you know, they didn't, passed. didn't park on the handicap spot. <laughs> <laughs> If they park on the handicap spot, that's different because that's an accessibility thing. So you just make sure yeah. they have the sticker in yeah, the yeah, window yeah. or whatever. But, uh, so you you good with that. So There's actors out there, right? And how, do you develop that skill where you can see through people? No. One is, it, of, is it a feeling? Like some there, people, There's a gut feeling, yeah, for sure. One of my maybe drawbacks, not drawbacks, but one of my weaknesses is I start out, someone always has 100% trust. Mm-hmm. So I know some people start out at 0% trust and you have to work up. 
I start at 100 and it works down. So yeah. it's like no no judgment. Yeah, not at all. So I'll being an optimist, I always try to see the best in someone. So sometimes even in social interaction, someone will say, "Oh, so and so said you were this," or "So and so called you that." Mm-hmm. And I had my the optimist in me saw the good things about this person and never thought that he'd be capable of the bad things. So you can go to hundred to zero pretty quick on my scale. And I'll never talk to you again, but um, you, you always start off with a hundred and, yeah. um, and you can lose that credibility. So if someone's in my office and they passed all those tests, um, yeah, I just get a gauge for what they think about community involvement. Mm. So sometimes they'll, not have it they've never volunteered for anything and they don't see a need to that's a negative yeah right if they don't have you know an ability to establish a relationship or rapport with me by asking even just general questions about what do you do for fun and yada 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 Mm. um that's a negative if they haven't done research on the on the job or the company Mm. that is hiring them they might as well not even show up yeah um and then if they don't have thoughtful questions at the end, they're probably not getting hired either. Uh, how many questions did you ask? Did you Two to three. Okay. But really thoughtful ones. Never ask salary. Never ask compensation. Yeah. Ask leadership type questions about, you know, if you hired me for this job um, and I talk to you a year from now, what are the things that would tell you this? you made the right decision, right? Uh. So asking the manager yeah, what are the key metrics that they're going to need from that individual in the first year? And then articulating how they've done that in the past in other jobs. Um, the other question I always I always ask uh, or look to be asked is, what qualities or experience do you wish I had that maybe another candidate has that I don't? Mm. Because sometimes it's not on a resume and you haven't articulated maybe a project you worked on, and that's an opportunity to say, uh, okay. oh, you said I, di- I don't have this experience, but actually here's a time I managed a project, blah, 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 with cross-functional teams or mm. something, right? So two, two questions, yeah. A year or two from now, how would you, what would get a checkbox around if I was the right candidate for this job? And two, what qualities and attributes don't I have that you wish I had? Okay. Or don't you think I have? So in the interview already about saying what skills I do not have. Yeah. Interesting. Or what gaps do I have in my, my resume, right? Mm. So so working in a bank, you don't need banking experience. But some bank managers might want financial experience. But maybe that individual um, helps volunteer at a community group and is the treasurer on yes. their board, yeah. right? So... Mm. If you haven't had a chance to articulate all the things that you've done, you'll never get that chance to say, actually, I do have experience on that. I just didn't get a chance to articulate that. Right? Yes. Interesting. I like that. It's yeah. really good. And it's not a kiss butt kind of thing in an interview, right? Mm. You don't want to be patronizing the hiring manager. You just want to be real and authentic. Yeah. And that's kind of what I gravitate to. So. I don't need a fancy card sent after saying thank you. Just a quick email to say, hey, I enjoyed our chat today. Here's a couple of things maybe I forgot mm-hmm. to tell you about, or here's a couple of questions that I had. But you got to have some thoughtful questions because if you don't have thoughtful questions for me when you're trying to get the job, you're not going to have thoughtful questions when you're talking to customers either. Mm. Follow-up? Like afterwards, like a week or two, is that, that's cool? That night, an email. Okay, and then just leave it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah just an email to say, hey, I really enjoyed our chat today. Mm. Um, yeah, here's a couple questions that I should have asked. Or if you if you missed on, you know, mentioning something, that's your opportunity to kind of cross that. Yeah, sounds like you have a really good system in place. But know the company you're applying for. Know the the job you're applying for and know the person you're interviewing with mm. with LinkedIn, Google, Facebook, Instagram, you can find out pretty much anyone in the world. Mm. Um, what drives them? I have you, I have a good story in my interview. I had a remote interview over the phone for my, for one of my jobs. And, um, they wanted to know, um, my driver license number, but I was still at another job and I left my, I went into my car for the phone interview. I got the call and I left the wallet in my office and it's like almost two, three minutes. I have to walk back. And I had them on the line. Did <laughs> <laughs> the earbuds in? Or? Uh, just like, I just let it go. And yeah. it's like, that's it. But then... What, was the re Did they ask that to actually know your driver's license number or your process? Of it's just the how they did their system. Oh, okay. It is you because it was a remote interview, right? But it might be a test just to see if you can handle a question that you didn't expect, right? Sure. It's like, why are manhole covers round? Mm. Right? Like questions like that, that they ask you, just put you on your feet. And it's not necessarily that you need the right answer, but it's it gives you a glimpse into how they how you think. Okay. That could be. Uh, yeah, I still got the job. But yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like, but it was like, I still remember this. Yeah. Walking three minutes back and forth, and then back into the car, and then have that interview. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and to miss out on that too, this was this. you could have just made up a number; they wouldn't have known. Ah, uh, they probably would have known. It has your birthday in there, so as long as you got the first five numbers. The other thing was the the interview was scheduled at a certain time, and they would call. Oh, okay, and I didn't know the number, and I like on that day, T Bear Tail had issues. Yeah, 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 so I missed it. And then I had to call and I find the correct um, extension five, ten minutes after. And then I ask, are we, are we still good? Can we do this? Yeah. And they said yes. It's like, wow. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, you know, you always want to uh, send an email before. I'm excited. Like even coming here tonight where I would text you, you know, just like, I'm on my way. Just Yeah. Because otherwise you might have been sitting here, you know, nine o'clock looking at your clock like, oh, shit, is Mike coming? Mm. Right. So you always... You don't leave any uh, anything open for interpretation, right? Yeah, and the, the communication is sometimes overlooked by a lot of folks, but it's the easiest thing to do, especially in this day and age. Right? Mm. It's almost like an overload. It is when you have a couple phones, a laptop, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, mm. LinkedIn, email, text, a couple uh, your personal email, your work email. Mm. Um, it can get overbearing, and if you don't have a system, or it can wear you wear you down. Right? Yeah, do you have a you have a creative outlet. How do you handle stress? Um, right now it's kids playing with the kids, oh. playing with the kids. Uh, Fortnite, mm -hmm. bringing us back to our earlier chat. Uh, Steph and I just chatting on the back deck, having a drink, ordering in some food. Um, I don't. I've done yoga before, mindfulness sometimes. Meditation? In short bursts. So meditation or mindfulness I like to do before you have to do a public speech or coming here, like just stopping in the car, close your eyes for two minutes and think about, okay, what's, what do I want to accomplish here? Mm. 
back to the interview question, what, how am I going to tick off when I get back in my car? Was this a successful yeah. like podcast, right? So taking time before you make that big call, before you go on stage for that big presentation or before you speak on a, on a WebEx or a, a Zoom call. Yeah, setting your mind, right? Yeah, yeah. And just, yeah, closing your eyes, getting up in the helicopter kind of, right? And thinking high level about what Ooh, you want to say. Okay. And how you're going to say it, right? So 93%, not on, on radio, but in person, 93% doesn't matter what you say. It's how you say it. It's tone of voice, it's your body language. And then 7% is left to the words that you say. So mm. I could sit here and um, be the most intelligent guy. But if I if you don't have pitches in your voice, right, if you don't talk with your hands, that all kind of comes through. Yeah, did you take classes on that? No, it's just reading. There's a lot of books out there. Mm. Like How to Wow is a good book where it talks about how you engage with people, how you make a good impression, mm. um, and just gives you gives you some ideas around those. Yeah, are you comfortable with cameras filming you? Yeah. yeah. Did you train that? Experience. Uh. So my first job, I went. Uh, I was a man. Well, outside, I worked at Wonderland before, and I worked at Blockbuster Video. But my first real job was a bank manager, and I was in Nipigon. Um, so small town. So That's if like, I screwed up there doing a public speech or if I messed up a picture that ended up in the newspaper, it didn't really matter. So it was kind of like a training mm-hmm. when it came to, to PR. So, um, it, if you're not comfortable with something, you gotta, you gotta try it and you gotta do it a ton of time. So public speaking early on, no, awful, like would shake, would have the piece of paper in my hands. Yeah. Voice levels. Sweat. Up and down. Voice levels, yeah. yeah. I would read everything on my sheet as opposed to speaking mm. naturally. But that's that just takes experience and time to get over. I still have a lot of work ahead of me to to, to get better, but yeah, um, I feel I've had some good experiences to test that. Mm. So practice. Yeah. Do you practice? Uh, like, if, let's say you did with Shift, did you, do, you did a lot of things, right? Yeah, we did like speed networking. So Eastside Mario's used to be a restaurant. I think that was one of our first actual big mm. events where we do speed networking. And that was just an ability for someone to meet someone in three minutes mm. and correspond, get to know them. My elevator pitch, your elevator pitch, how we can work together. And you did that 50 times. By yeah. the end of it, you were perfect. Okay. We did presentations on uh, business and dining etiquette, on how to do public speaking. Yeah. Um, so fun stuff like that, even, I don't know if Dave and I talked to you about, or did Dave talk to you about the speed dating event we did? I think so. Maybe. Just let's dive into it again. <laughs> yeah. So we did the speed dating event. Uh, How did you meet Dave anyways? Dave and I met, I don't even know, like a love of food. I think maybe I picked up pasta, one of his Friday takeouts. Yeah. yeah. And um, he was just a cool guy. I don't even, I don't even really remember, but. Okay. Because he remembers how Vince like said hi. I think on one of those events, Vince went too, and they were feeling shrimp, and Dave was doing the class. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then he was like, "Hi, <laughs> I'm Vince." Yeah, yeah. No, I. Some people you just you come together on on certain days, mm. and you were destined to to know a person for a period of time. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you have great memories, and then sometimes you you, you, you fall apart. And yeah, just how it works. So the speed dating was something we just came up with. We hosted it at his kitchen. Mm. Ten, 
uh, professional females, 10 professional males at that time. And uh, everyone got 10 minutes to engage and, and, and the gentleman would cook a meal. Yeah. Do you think it's so easier it's cool. for people who sign up for those courses because they are already engaged into something like that? Like you, you prepare them, you train them, you give them on a platform, but ultimately those people, they want to do this, right? The participants? Mm. Some of them. So we had a couple wagers. We, we knew most of the, the 10 males, 10 females. We thought some of them would partner up and it didn't go that way because some people just have, I feel chemistry is important between two people, right? Like there's something above just two people that makes them connect, makes it easy to engage with. Mm. Um, and, and that was really key in that setting. So I learned a lot about interpersonal communication through that event. I don't know if anyone ever got married from that speed dating event, but uh, it was a pretty cool event that we put on. And uh, we had a plan for a series of them, but it just, again, we just got bored and tried something new, I think. Okay. You think Dave is mad at you right now that you don't eat pasta anymore? <laughs> <laughs> They have good meatballs. Uh, yeah, they are good. Yeah. They are good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you order just 10 meatballs. I'm not on keto now, so which is why I'm I'm up mm. on the Do you do any physical activities? Like do you COVID's been super hard. Mm. So prior to COVID, 5 6 nights a week I'd go to the gym. Okay. Um Movadi and you just pump some iron or you yeah. run or what do you do? High intensity training. So uh, you do you bike in the in a sauna? No, 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 no. But the the classes are really cool. Like the hit classes, the bike classes. I go through periods of shedding fat or putting on muscle. Okay. So it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Why do you think that is? Well, last year, so I wanted to get shredded is not the term, but just add more bulk. Mm. So I was up to 3,500 calories a day, which isn't even that much for, for my size, but I was eating everything in sight and just ripping your muscles as much as you could with the most amount of weight. Nice. It, I thought it was, but then I went for my check-in right before Christmas and most of what I put on was, was fat. Mm. So I must've been eating the wrong, I was eating a lot of protein, like you do cardio 220 grams. No, no cardio. Cause uh. the plan I was on, it said, yeah, don't do cardio. Cause that burns the calories that you need to build the muscle. Mm. So somewhere along the lines, it didn't go good. So, then I would go into when I, I want to lose fat, it's uh, intermittent fasting and the keto for a week or two just to yeah. boost the body. But um, it's it's tough, like the, the whole weight challenge, especially when you love food so much. And COVID has been terrible because the gyms were closed and you lose that routine of mm. going in the morning, going in the afternoon, and you just eat chips all day, which is never good. Yeah, there's a, there's an association with food and mental health, right? In a way where you you can utilize that to keep you set. Sometimes, I just wonder because, like you said, you played football and you like that physical contact, and you went out there. I I think that's like that's a big part of your life, right? Physical activity for sure. Um, so I've coached people on exercise, eating healthy, and whatnot. I found myself personally, I always needed an event or a goal. Ah, okay. So um, a, tri right. a trip somewhere or a wedding or something like that. Yes, I get that very much. You set yourself goals? Wait, yeah, 
like in general, not on like let's say, let's, let's say not on the physical part, but I mean like jobs, yeah, career, mm-hmm. yeah. So I had a plan to be um, a vice uh, bank executive, mm-hmm. um, community involvement. Mm-hmm. So sitting on boards and committees, I always want to be on at least two boards. Um, where I can learn, but also provide a little bit of, of knowledge. So you still do that now? Yeah. Okay. So Rotary Club is one that I'm really active with now. Nice. Um, Rotary Clubs are going through a lot of change. If your listeners, if they're picturing a Rotarian, they may not be picturing you know, some of my age, right? Mm. So we're we're trying to become more more relevant. Yeah. Um, and then doing a lot of work with Lakehead University right now. Where uh, I went to school. So okay. But no, in the past, Innovation Center, Chamber of Commerce, Shift, um, and then Nathan and I started the Young Professional Network of Ontario, which was a cool project too. Yes. So we've had, yeah. The great thing about Thunder Bay, you can be a big fish, small pond, right? Mm. So most of this stuff I wouldn't do if I would have just moved back to Toronto after graduation and, and mm. you know. Why didn't you move back? You came, you went here, right? You, you already, you elaborated on your story a little bit already. So you, you went to Lakehead and you, you did business. Two, two years kinesiology. I wanted to be a gym teacher. I like it. Yeah. I, I can see that. So, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to be a gym teacher. I, I, I did a year of uh, teaching gym and co-op in high school, which yes. was a dream. What so did you like about it? I, I love kids. Like I love interacting with kids. I love teaching children about physical activity, the importance of it, nutrition, um, and it, that was, I could have, I, I could have done that forever and would have been, would have mm. been happy being a gym teacher. But, nice. um, I, I was taking management marketing and I just found I liked those courses better. So I made the switch. Yeah. Business. Right? And, uh, it was a good switch. Yeah. Okay. So you graduated and then you, all your family was here or they were all still in there? No, dad's in Scarborough still, and then I have family in Brampton, Newmarket, Whitby, and Oshawa. Mm. And um, my mom, she's since passed, but she always wanted me to come home. Um, I was dating someone at the time who was finishing school, so that kind of kept me there originally. And then through working full-time, I just fell in love with with the community. Yeah. And um, Thunder Bay's got a lot going on for it. And low cost of living, high quality of life. House prices are amazing. Yeah, uh, it was a great place where I wanted to have and raise kids, and um, don't regret it for a second. Being able to, you know, be at all my kids' activities, whether they're in the middle of the day after the school. Yes, um, I can see that. Yeah, that's what's. Re- and you're a father, so yes, there's it, a lot of value in Thunder Bay that is displayed in those things you just said, like the quality of life and the ability to have it. Yeah, and Facebook's been great because it gives you a lens into a bit of the past to see, you know, I see all the friends I went to high school with in elementary school and where they are today and the struggles they have living in a big city, mm. mortgaged to to the max. They sit on the go train for an hour each way, not yeah. in COVID, but yeah. before. And it's just not a lifestyle that I'm I'm glad I don't, I don't have. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. So you, so the this realization of what Thunder Bay is and the identity kept you here. Yeah, it's just a great place of of people, and yeah, big fish, small pond. You can meet everyone in town, or almost everyone in town. Pretty, I agree. Pretty quick by going to the right events, right? So we met at Oktoberfest here in Thunder Bay. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were like, "Oh, Michael, I like your lederhosen." 
<laughs> I think so. <laughs> and then I don't know how I we came across the Borussia Dortmund connection. Yeah, that's just you know you you have a beer and you talk about it, something like that. Yeah. Speaking of which, ooh, it's like a never-ending bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if you're a Rattler fan. I am. I am. I. I had the. I bought a case this summer. I treated myself. I usually don't buy cases, right? But I bought a case of a grapefruit beer from Austria. Yeah, the Stein. Uh, yeah, the yellow label Steinberger mm. or something. Something like that. Like that. It's like nobody likes grapefruit in my family, but I love it. So, we don't make a local Rattler, mm. and with my local love for business, I couldn't bring a a, a beer from Austria. So I brought a Sleeping Giant. Uh, beer Ooh. and it's the pride lives here i seen it version it's a little sour um but it's a dry hopped kettle sour and i brought fresca so fresca mm. adds the grapefruit so i find if you add two-thirds beer third grapefruit uh it tastes just like a rattler so can i make you a drink or? i would love to yeah yes you, you have you ever been a bartender <laughs> no no I, i i had my smart serve i think for a bachelor auction a couple of years ago but mm. Never actually. Uh, no way. Eh? I had to surf once, and I never surfed before. At w- the at the val. No, I worked okay. at the uh, the restaurant at Bites actually. Yeah, and, and uh, it was a wedding before the wedding. I think they call it just like when they come in, right before they get married. Yeah, nobody was there, just me. I was the manager there, and then uh, I ended up bartending, and I had no idea what I was doing. No, <laughs> and there they have the fancy drinks. Like the Ryan rhubarb, uh, yeah, yeah, and then they they all dived into the scotches. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. And I was like, I had no idea. But easy Rattler, you just get local beer and Fresca, and uh, so what, what is Fresca? Fresca is like lemon. Where are you from? Uh Germany. Fresca is uh, no, I, I thought it's from Germany. Hmm. Maybe not. No Fresca. <laughs> I'm just joking. It's sugar free too, so it's good. If you're on keto so it's just a natural grapefruit uh pop oh it's good yeah wow yeah so you can make your own uh your own rattler but sleeping giant brewery uh, again i talked about amazing local businesses and, and they're one that was started by a really good friend of mine and run now by by another friend so it's, it's a, absolutely amazing pretty cool business i used to see kevin all the time kevin brewer kevin brewer yeah, yeah because he would bring the beer to the valhalla right Because I was like I was trying to push local at the Valhalla, yeah. So it was really nice because there was one other brewery before Sleeping Giant, and they were in the building where El Tres is now. Oh, really? There was another, and there was like the Port Arthur Brewery or something, but that one didn't take off because I don't know why, but it didn't. It's marketing, and I think it was the right time. Mm. So even Sleeping Giant Brew- Brewing Company, when we the Oktoberfest the first year, I think they were just starting to get going right so we were lucky enough to work with them in their early days but you saw my old school i just put the fresca in the rest of the can it's perfect it's yeah. a very nice drink i appreciate it yeah i'm i'm being spoiled today but my first trip to dortmund i didn't like beer but there you can drink beer when you're 16 right yeah well you can drink it earlier so i went to dortmund my my uncle and my cousin well you can but <laughs> in a in a in a pub well yeah Or yeah. it's just like your dad says, yeah, just drink it. It's okay. <laughs> so I went, uh, we played soccer, t- typical dormant thing. And then we went to a, uh, a beer hall after. 
and I had this most amazing beer and I didn't know until my next trip five years later that it was a Rattler. So mm. now that's all I order or make is like yeah. Rattlers. I like that. I really like that. Yeah. I have a good Rattler story. We um we used to do those youth trips where your parents sent you somewhere for two, three weeks to get rid of you. Yeah. And it's like I, it was actually in Munich and we did a rafting. Okay. It's like a rafting trip. And we were just, I don't think we we were like 15 or so, but we bought booze and just beer and it was Rattlers. Yeah. And then this one guy in our room, we were like eight guys and he was really pissed at us. So he went to the teacher or the guy who was in charge and said, yeah, they all have booze. <laughs> and I had like my stack was under my pillow and on my beer. Uh, like all the beer was under the pillow and on my bed. Busted. And then I pretended to be asleep and the teacher came in there and he kept all my beer and I was just like... He out. drank it all and then he didn't make the bus the next day? Or? I bet he had yeah. it all. I'm 100% sure. You don't get hung over on German beer. Maybe it's the Rattler because it's a lower alcohol content, but I found an Oktoberfest. We each drank four of these one liter Mosses. Four of them? Four of them. Wow. Yeah, like chug one in, in 30 seconds. And Did you eat anything of it? A pretzel here or there, oh, one of those you didn't for the chicken cookies. No, that's during the day. Uh, we didn't have those at night. So we, we just drank four of those mosses, and then we rode the roller coasters the rest of the night. That's that's a good, uh, good and, setup. And you kept it down. And then the <laughs> next morning, we'd get up every morning at five or six, and we'd drive to the next city, and you'd be totally fine. And mm. It must be something about the German beer or maybe being seven years younger than I am now, but I, I wouldn't be able to do, do that. Man. Yeah, that's a lot of beer. Yeah. yeah. I liked when I went to the washrooms in the tent for the first time at the Oktoberfest and I was not like accustomed to how that is set up. It's just a gigantic wall all around. Trough. Yeah, and it just floats nonstop. Maple Leaf Gardens had that. So it's where the Maple Leafs used to play. And I remember uh, as a kid going and there's this trough that everyone stands around mm, and you just go. So convenient. But it's so weird if you've never seen it before. It would never happen in this day and age. <laughs> But uh, no, Oktoberfest is a great time. It's one of the top three parties that I've ever been to, for mm. sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. You set up, you set yourself up nicely there. Where else did you go? So Coco Bongo. Coco Bongo. I don't know if you've ever been to Cancun. I've, I've, we flew to Cancun and then we went, we stayed at Playa de... The Carmen, they have one too. Yeah, we drove like an hour down somewhere. So we were further away, but so, we landed in Cancun. Yeah, big big airport there, and you would have taken a bus or yeah, we did. We took a bus to the resort. That's so so Coco Bongo looks really kitschy. Is kitschy an English word or a German word? I don't know. Kitsch, kitsch, kitschy, kitschy. Oh, uh, I know what you mean, but I don't know. Tacky. Mm. It looks really tacky because you walk the streets and and there's Beetlejuice and stuff. But you go in this environment that's a huge room, all you can drink. There's Beetlejuice, Michael Jackson, Marilyn Monroe, Madonna. Bruno Mars, like all these characters going on. And it's just an insane, like overbearing of your senses. And it's just, it mm. was, we were there from 11 o'clock at night till five or six in the morning, Steph and I, and it was just an incredible night. And if you, if you go to Cancun or Playa del Carmen again, you got to go to Coco Bongo. Coco Bongo. Coco Bongo. Wow. Yeah. What does that mean? Do you know? No idea. Okay. Yeah. The party of your lifetime? That's how your that's maybe the sound your head makes the next day. Coco bongo, coco bongo. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it was a really cool time. Again, you think it's tacky, but then you go and it's the time of your life. Nice. I like it. Number one. 
Well, I, I don't have. Not, they're in the top three, so okay. I can't even rank them because yeah. they're so different. The first one was Hakkasan Nightclub in Las Vegas. Ooh. So typical Las Vegas nightclub, crazy DJ, lights, confetti, um, the the air machines. Like it was just mm. again just another world. All your senses are just <laughs> like engulfed in. Do they stay music. open all night in Las Vegas, or do they close down? No. The casinos stay open all night, but I think the nightclub closed. Yeah. I think we left at six. Mm. I remember getting breakfast and then going to bed. Yeah, exactly. That's how I used to do it. Yeah. Like in Germany, you go. We I used to go to a rock band kind of themed discotheque. Yeah, but it's like dance club really. And then uh, we would get out just before the sun gets up, and then get home just then. Yeah. So do you, you like rock or techno? Because I'm a big techno guy. Yeah, I like either, actually. I yeah. like chill. A little bit, like, not as intense. Right. There's, like, Scooter, the the yeah. German Scooter band. Scooter, yeah. yeah. The guy who says, fire! <laughs> yeah. What was his other? Rebel Yell, did he have? I don't know, but he's nuts. Yeah. And he has always that blonde hair. Yeah. Scooter and Moto. Do you remember Moto? Eins, zwei, Polizei, drei, vier, train idea. Yeah, I do. But that's like a little bit before my time. I oh, okay. Yeah, but that's okay. When I Google Scooter, all that comes up is like scooters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look him up, ladies and gentlemen. It's like German techno. But he had like big songs. He was like the biggest name. Hyper Hyper, Bass Drum, Massage. Mm. Yeah. But no, I'm a big 90s music fan i don't know if you like the 90s you were probably yeah uh, yeah well you know i'm born 84 so yeah 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 so you would have had the 90s with um mm. were you in germany when did you move here 2006 okay yeah so i was 20 i finished i just finished high school because when i was in high school i looped two times okay yeah because i was like not saying what the teachers wanted me to say so Neue Deutsche Dance Floor. Yeah, it's all a bit. Bravo Hits. Mm, yeah, Bravo Hits uh, rings a bell. Yeah, my cousins would send me the new Bravo Hits CD every year for the German uh, German techno, German pop. That's nice. And uh, a lot of acts test out their music in Germany mm. and it never makes it here. So I remember Backstreet Boys had some big songs in Germany before anyone knew who they were here. Oh. And but those songs never never really hit the radios here. So it's it's interesting how taste in fa fashion Europe is far ahead. Music, they're quite a bit ahead. Yeah. Um, but but movies and and um movies and TV North America is like mm. 2 years ahead. What do you mean by fashion they are ahead? Like the I remember coming dress? back yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I remember coming back in high school like And uncle would always buy me an outfit and I'd come back here in high school and people would pick on me for, for wearing a weird Adidas color, mm. like purple and, and yellow. And then the next year it was popular in, in Toronto, right? So yeah. their fashion was ahead, but, uh, Baywatch was big then and, and they were four seasons behind on Baywatch and Beverly Hills Niners 2 and 0 and all those. Yeah. They need to translate that all. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same guy who translates like there's a German Tom Cruise. I don't know if people realize that because we never have to really watch dubbed movies, but there's a guy who's the German Tom Cruise and yeah, he only dubs he the only, Tom Cruise movies. I know all of them. And there's, but you know, the one guy who does it all is Arnold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does all of them. Yeah. He does his own movies in German and then he does them in English too, right? It's funny. And then do you and the kids have Disney plus? 
we we got it at the beginning of the pandemic, and then we like had it for a month or two, and then we just canceled it. Because you watched all the, they run out of content, right? Uh no, but it's like we had Netflix. It's good enough. But like, all the language choices are on Disney Plus. Ah, on Netflix too. You can watch uh, German nailed it, making cake. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you know that? No. <laughs> so showing the kids Simpsons. And teaching them Korean and wow. um, what are they speaking? Belgium, Flemish, mm. and all these different languages. So we'd watch the same like clip over a couple times in different languages to see if they'd pick up the languages. And kids are brilliant; like they they'll pick that up. Yeah, pretty quick. But watching um, Simpsons in German was a treat. Mm. Yeah, Bart has a really raspy voice in in the German one. Yeah, I don't know about the English. How's the back to school for you guys? Like, it's good. It's like it's like complicated, very complicated. Yeah. But we like when you said your mindset is it's positive and it's like you try your best and you do your best. And that's where where we put ourselves in that yeah, he has a mask. He's great. He's great one now. He has a mask even though he doesn't need to officially. And he, for his mental health, it's big. He needs that connection with kids. Yeah, he's a he's a very social butterfly. He talks to everybody. This they, when I bring him to the school bus in the morning, there's always the three cool kids. They on um, BMX bikes. Yeah. He just still says hi to them. They never say hi back to him. But one day, <laughs> one day they'll they'll respect his his hunger. Yeah, but he is like yeah. he is that way. So mentally, for his health, it's good to be back. And you know, it is what it is. We have to we take day by day. But that's is that normal? Optimists, I uh, guess. You think? I don't know. I feel weird. I feel like it's funny that you bring this up, and I don't know how to put this. But I mean, maybe it's my parents how they raised me, or maybe it's your character. But when people twist something on something, like they're worried or. They they think they didn't perform how they think they did. I'm always get. I wouldn't say agitated, but I get like, I'm like no. It's like think differently, program yourself differently. I'm like, but I can work with motivation that other people can't work with. And is that is it possible for a pessimist to become an optimist? Like I've been through COVID, I've been less and less on. Like reading on Facebook, I'll post on Facebook because I have family in a lot of places, so I want them to see pictures and experiences. But I can't read the comments anymore. Anything mm. news related, whether it's a crosswalk, whether it's a soccer plex, mm. whether it's a <clears throat> Thunder Bay sign at the marina, yeah, I get so worked up by negative people, and it ruins my day. Mm. And I just have to zone that out. I don't know if you find the same thing, but there's people out there who are just leeches and keyboard warriors who just suck on the positivity of others and try to rip them apart. It's complicated. hundred percent. It's like on the one side, it's good to have feedback, which is like, should be projective or like you show another way or you line something out. But on the other hand, it's so easy to just bash another idea. There's no accountability. You can just there's you can just do whatever you want to do. Yeah, but it, do you give do you give them attention? 
Do you call them out? Do no. you try to fix it? Or do you just leave it alone? You leave it alone. You never engage. <laughs> but that's a hard Why would you? Thing. Why would you engage? You cannot. On the on the internet, you can if you would engage it would be worse than it was before. Because those they just that's what they get. So they're trying to get a rise out of you, so don't even feed it? I wouldn't, know. But they bring some good people down. So in the last week, someone's complained about a counselor who I have a lot of respect for, mm. a business owner I have a lot of respect for, a project that I have a lot of respect for. Mm. And when people speak ill of those who I have a lot of respect for, I have, to, I have this innate feeling to speak up, either publicly or, or, or privately. It's good. It's not. Because it, it bothers you then, and then it becomes your whole day. But I, I think Why don't you hit up that person and say, hey, I'm with you. That's what I do. If I, if I see with, like, I'm not, I have no problem. With Shelby, for example, she had that thing with her sign, sign yeah. and she, mo she moved that forward, and that was her idea. You know what? I said to her, good for you. Yeah. I've said, yes, I like that. I gave her feedback directly. I hit her up. I said, Awesome. So, yeah. Because you know those people that put themselves out there, no matter who it is, yeah. it's so easy to get lost. Yeah. And I hope people do that. I think so. I hope their they're true friends reach out to them. I did the same thing. I reached out to Shelby. Um, Shelby was on our shift board way back before she ran for council. Mm -hmm. um, Humble beginnings for her too, you know? Super. Where, where she came from. Yeah. Yeah. And it's incredible to see where she gets to and how... I wouldn't be able, I told, I told her on a text, I said, I, I wouldn't be able to do it, put up with this. That's why I've never even considered running for any kind of politics because skin's too thin. I just can't, mm. can't handle it. And it's a perfect example where people, they just don't know what, I don't know if I can swear. They don't know what they're talking about. You can swear. <laughs> you, can, you can drop it. No, but they don't know what the fuck they're talking about mm. when it comes to pay for my potholes. Don't, pay for a sign right mm. like it was very clear in the press release and if you spent three seconds reading it you would have seen that it was a totally different fund that was from a totally different revenue source which was from tourists to promote tourism yeah and i don't want to get in a debate and have all these nasty comments now on, on this post but that's fine i just wish people before they rip someone apart just try to empathize a little bit or learn the basics of what's going on mm. And it's the same with some of these dining sites where people, they just rip apart the livelihood. Like to own a restaurant now. That's rough. So to own a restaurant now, <laughs> the risk you take, the little bit of money you make on your margins. Which is like 3%, staff, right? It's not much. It's nothing. It's not much. Dealing with staff who call in sick at the drop of a hat and still might get paid when you don't. Or dealing with a delivery company that's going to charge you 25% for delivering that good. Like, mm. you're razor thin, you're barely making a buy, and then someone rips you up because your pizza didn't have enough sauce on it? Like, give me a break. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, they don't tell the actual business. They tell all these people who they think are their friends on Facebook to get a rally of support. But I love seeing people fighting back. So. Mm. Derek's, okay. had, Derek's had some pieces with beefcakes. Yep. Um, there was something about Bite the other day. Ah. And their customers are fighting back and saying, shut the fuck up. Yep. And just don't go there again and let the manager know because they'll solve the issue. That's different though, right? 
like you have the support from the community in that way. It's not you who was it against. It's like not it's not Bianca who's putting no. herself out there. No. It's just like it's her her fans. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the right way to do it. I think that's really good. Yeah. No, but it's yeah, it's just it's it's super interesting, but if we if everyone just took their negativity and put it into a little bit of positivity for the advancement of our community and there's a ton of problems locally. I I, I won't say there's not, but mm. If they put even a fraction of their efforts into something good and developing a program that can help people around them instead of just dragging everyone down, um, they can do some cool stuff. And they don't need that. It's it's they they're just little people who are self, you know, a little empty inside, and they need to take it out on someone else. And I don't think that's the right outlet for that. And maybe they need to look at their own mental health first. Yeah, whatever it is that they have. Mm, Maybe, you know, people have problems. Everybody has problems. Like, I have problems. You have problems. It's it's important to focus on you and get you get you in perspective where we, that you are happy. I think if you're a happy person, you would not do that. Yeah. But it's tough. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've would, I like, when I asked... I asked Shelby or I asked Cody, you know, they're both on the council. They they say, you know, nowadays you just don't read it anymore. It's too much. You just shut it off. And I hope both of those folks are on there in the future and, and that doesn't eat away at them because mm. they're both proud people and everyone on council is proud and, and they're dedicating their personal time to look after our city and they're not making a lot of money for it. Um, and it, it comes from a good place. So why wouldn't you want people like that to make your community better or try to make your community better or at least try reaching out to them and, and speak to where you see opportunities as opposed to just ripping them apart in, mm -hmm. in a social forum, yeah. a public forum? And, and I agree. You know, just let them know what you think in a respective way. Yeah. Yeah. Just be positive. Yeah. Mm. I think you can change from being pessimist to optimist. Back to your question. I really think that's possible. It's just like the mindset, where you are, how you can set yourself up. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes from self-confidence. So if someone has no confidence in themselves, they try to pull down others. Right? True, but the confidence is also you get you get that through practice too, don't you? You think there's people just born and they're full of themselves? Or do you think you, you achieve it? It's the hunger, right? It's just... I think some people are just confident. They're, you're made up of the five people around you and you're made up of your experiences, right? So if you have a positive environment, positive parents, positive family structure when you grow up, mm -hmm. I think that it's it's bred in you. And I think a lot of people, maybe they had a shitty upbringing. I mean, my parents didn't have very much money. We, we There were five of us in a tiny little house and it was nowhere near anything that my kids are going to get. But my concern is my kids are going to expect what they have today. Mm. And are they going to go the other way as opposed to if you grow up from humble beginnings, you grow up. Right? Mm. Well, that's what you do, right? You, that's in a way, this is, this is you, you're going to teach them. It's hard though. Cause you see these little people coming to you asking for Fortnite bucks mm. or, new shoes or 
the new PS5 mm. and you want to give it to them because you didn't have it when you were young, but you're not teaching them any lessons along the way of hard work, determination, mm. that we're feeding that self-fulfillment of, yeah, I'll give it to you right away and you got to do chores later as opposed to do chores now and, yeah. and you get it later. And what I see sometimes in the way people manage debt, it's – it's 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 not good for for our economy it's not good for people to you know borrow to to spend they need to save to spend yeah it's true that's uh, society is at a at an interesting point that way for money wise yeah 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 the average ontario resident spends 114 dollars for every dollar they bring in was the last stat i saw i okay. don't don't quote me on, on let's say this again Hundred fourteen dollars in a dollar. So you make a hundred bucks this month. You spend one hundred fourteen this month. Mm. So you're dipping into some sort of credit card, some That's sort of trouble, credit man. line, some sort of overdraft, or you're mm. borrowing money from some source, and it's not sustainable, and it's it's really scary. So, um, it's this instant gratification where I can order something on Amazon, and what do you mean I can't have it tomorrow? I want it today, right? Like there's true. I remember my dad. I had my first job. I stocked shelves in a superstore. No, no, like at a grocery store. And it wasn't even my, my, my first job. My first job was like bringing flyers to homes. Was it Aldi? Probably. Yeah. Sucked. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it was a job. And then the second one was at a spa. Yeah. S-P-A-R. Yeah, yeah. And I stocked shelves. And I did that throughout school. And uh, as soon as I had that job, my dad said, okay, you're paying rent. And, you know, it was like maybe I made like 200 bucks, euros a month, and he just took 50, 50 right up. He yeah. said, that's mine. It's because you live here. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> But you learned from that, and you're here today because of it. You know, it was hard. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's the right choice. I don't know. Now I have kids. And, you know, um, what am I going to do? Yeah. So... But I'm with Albus, I'm, I'm trying to be direct where, you know, you, you have to, you earn, you know, it's like you do something and then you get something. It's always that connection where you, you put effort into something. Yeah. I can't just, I can't, I can't just, because I had to do it. And I guess what my dad did worked. So it's like kind of. I can't can I use it. It's it's not the norm. Mm. More people are, are borrowing for their needs. Um, yeah, it's not going to be good. Okay. And just the instant gratification and in, in social media kind of hurts that a little bit too. So if you go onto your feed and you see one friend got a new car and mm. another friend got a new house and another friend went on a trip and another friend got a new KitchenAid blender. It's true. You feel you should have all five of those things, but those people only have one of those things, right? There's yeah. this need, and, and I hate hearing people say when they see their their friend get something new, they're like, I want that same car. Yeah. And there's this perception of there being a, a race or something, and mm -hmm. you're not racing against anyone other than yourself. And the moment you can be truly happy that your neighbor drives up in a nice Porsche and you don't 
feel bad. Mm. You're not angry at him because he can afford a Porsche. You're not worried. Your wife's wondering why he can have a Porsche and you can't. Yeah. Like that's a true community where you can be happy for those around you who mm. get engaged, get married, buy a new car, buy a new house. But there's most of the population, they are acidic to a point where they feel they deserve more than they have or they deserve what others have, but they're seeing it through the lens of all their friends. And mm. it's... Comparison is hard. It's hard. Yeah, comparison is hard. What is what is happiness for you? Um, kids, family. Mm. So nothing, nothing is ever hap happiest than when the four kids, Steph and I, are on a trip, or where we're sitting on the couch watching Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, tickle fights, snuggling the kids every night to sleep, like just things like that is is. If I don't have those in my day, it's not a successful day. So mm. even tonight coming here at, at nine and, and not putting the kids to bed is, is a, a little right? tough. Yeah. And I respect you for doing your show late at night because it gives you the opportunity to do that. But we're, we're so wired to our phones sometimes. And people always say kids are going to be older um, quicker than you ever expect, right? Mm. So I made this promise to the kids. If they ever want to snuggle before bed, and you ask me to snuggle, I'll snuggle the hell out of you. Good. Because there's going to be one day where yeah. you're going to kick me out of your room or it's going to be locked and you won't even let me say goodnight, right? So yeah. I think we just have to pause sometimes and, and appreciate all those little little things, those little hugs, those little moments, because it'll be gone before you know it. And one of the things that Stephanie's been really good for me was around um, saving Working mm. in a bank my whole life, you put away as much as you can in an RSP or, or okay. an investment account. That's absolutely important. But I was putting away almost too much. Like if you put away 25% of your income, yeah, you're never going to spend that amount. And, and Stephanie's been good with, you know, definitely put money away for retirement and, and those things that we're going to need. But, you know, your kids are only going to be young once. And when they're 18, they're not going to want to go on a trip to Mexico. They They want to go now. And... What are you What are you saving for? So I think on on one degree we need to um, definitely borrow less, but on the other side, enjoy the moments too, with within reason. That's a good perspective. Yeah. That. Why do you think that was for you? Where you Were you feeling now? Like did it get, did it give you security? Where you said twenty five, and that's that's good. Like, is that a goal of yours? You want to retire this age and I'm done? Yeah. Do you feel it like... It was. Okay. So 50, 50 to 55, I wanted to be done yeah. working. What would you do, though? Exactly. <laughs> But I didn't see that. I had read in every investment course I took or every business school class I had, you know, invest, invest, invest. Mm. And, um, and that's what I did. That was what I was groomed to do. Okay. Um, And, and still taking trips, but um, yeah, we just gotta live in the now a little bit more instead of the future too. It's important, yeah, especially with the kids. And there's lots of scary stories lately of people passing away, um, cancer taking over the lives of many people, and they don't even get a chance to reap the benefits of what they've saved for, right? So, yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. It's almost like an old wives' tale where you once you retire, you have a year or two, and that's it. Yeah, because. People just stop. I think that's the problem. If you stop and you have, like, there's no purpose, it brings you back to that goal. 
I'll be in Switzerland milking the cows nice. <laughs> every morning. Have you ever milked cows? <laughs> no. No, eh? No. Mm. no. You can make your own cheese. Cheese, yeah. Goat cheese or sheep's cheese or something. Mm. Yeah. Nice. It's good. I'll go be a farmer in the Jungfrau region with my Alphorn and Really, eh? Not in the Rockies? There's something about Europe that makes me feel at home sometimes. Mm. So if it's not Thunder Bay overseas maybe or gta ottawa there's lots of great spots out there but yeah like montreal but i'm here until my kids yeah go to college university and that'll direct where i go so if i've been trying to talk to them about going university of hawaii or university of paris maybe or something <laughs> yeah and and you have a reason to live have you been to hawaii somewhere. yeah yeah Ooh. a couple of years ago nice yeah really cool trip lisa wants to go there so i have to take her one day yeah, no, it's gorgeous. It's um, it's reasonable to get there. WestJet flies there now. You can get there on uh, on points pretty easy. Mm. And then once you're there, Airbnb is the way to go, I find. Mm. And um, you rent a little car and you go to all the little surfing villages. You grab poke at the the stand mm. at the food cart and the food uh, truck. Mm. And yeah, Hawaii's uh, it's a beautiful place. It is. I can't wait to get there. It's interesting that that place is so beautiful but so deadly at the same time too with the volcanoes. Yeah. yeah. You think that's human nature too? Where we attracted to things that are dangerous? A little bit of fear. Have you been bungee jumping or uh, skydiving? No, you? I can't. No. I can't. I don't know. I I probably would do like the jump out of the plane with a guy on top of me. The tan- tandem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it many times, but uh, I don't know if not. I could though. I probably probably would pass out. <laughs> I like amusement parks, and that's about the height of it. But mm. but back to the travel thing. Like, there's still a lot of places in our backyard, northwestern Ontario, that we haven't seen. So I came across this really cool tunnel last week. Okay, uh, up by Nipigon, and incredible place that people in southern Ontario were asking me on on social media where it was because they oh. wanted to see it. Right, so. Places like that, or We Met Canyon, or Mink Mountain, or Mount McKay, um, Kekabeka. Like, we have a lot of amazing things in our backyard that we don't see, you know, how great it is until we bring someone there and they kind of, we see it through their eyes as a first time visitor. That's true. Did you climb that, um, that mountain thing where it's just like this pilar? Yeah, no, thing? I saw Damien's pictures there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You went on there? I didn't. No, I. Eh? You were like you you risk driven, almost like you're very are you logical about this. Like you, there's certain things you don't want to do because of hey, this is this might be a possibility. I don't want to break my neck. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So stuff like that, but um, not so much. Like with the the kids, one of the greatest kid things about having kids. I don't know if you find this is you get to relive your own childhood, your childhood mm-hmm. again, right? So when we go on a canoeing trip and I, I can be goofy and jump off the boat in the water or yeah. you can, you can run along the rock face somewhere, right? You can play your old video games. You can watch little mermaid and Aladdin on TV, right? You mm. get, you get that childhood back a little bit. Mm. How um, old are they now? Eight, nine, 10, 11. Okay. So yeah, it's a busy house. So it gives you a little bit more freedom too though, right? Yeah, so we don't have, what, a nine-month-old that you have <laughs> upstairs? You didn't get any calls to go and... <laughs> no, not yet. That's good. Yeah. So, so. yeah, no, they're at an age where they can be self-sufficient, but they also like to play. They still uh, enjoy when, when I play Fortnite with them and 
they tell me to you know get off the computer if it's after five o'clock, right? Because mm. they want to they want to play and they want to. Do you beat them or do you let them win? I don't let them win, but they've passed me now in certain games. Yeah, skills, eh? Which is uh, that's you talk about humbling before, right? <laughs> so early on, you let your kids w- beat you at not all the time, but sometimes to give them some confidence. But yeah, now when we play Fortnite, even um, even Maya. Um, she kicks my butt so. mm, on purpose. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. Yeah, does, does she let you win? Yeah, maybe. I, I should, I'll ask her that tomorrow morning. <laughs> but that's one of those moments where your kids kind of surprise you and take you over, and, and they're just so darn smart, and they pick up information so mm. quickly, right? Yeah. And the next step is when my kids can beat me at arm wrestling or in a wrestling match, and that's when I know that they've definitely passed. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like age is a good thing? Like I saw your post with the, I gave you a hint yesterday. I liked it when I did my research okay. on Instagram with the um the age related is like you bought this chia cheetah pack of your that cream. Oh, the you know? eye cream and stuff. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Right for your skin. Maybe sometimes you have dry skin, whatever. I But f- I mean, like that, you are getting older. Yeah. I'm get, I'm getting older. Yeah. Do you, is that something you think about? Yeah, for sure. I don't. Um, I feel I, I'm I'm stuck at 28 forever. Okay, like your body or your My mind? mind? Your mind. Okay. Yeah, so I, I advance on some things, but I'm still that young, crazy Mike from my 20s, right? Mm. Um. So I I like adventure. I like exploring. I like going out and seeing new things. Um. But no, it's. Once you get past like 40, which I, I'm barely over that, but <laughs> you start thinking about your looks, right? Because you start deteriorating a little bit. Like mm. you, you start falling apart at that point. So, yeah, if you can have a little bit of skin cream. I wouldn't do the uh, extreme stuff that people are doing nowadays, but a little bit of mm. retinol under the eyes doesn't doesn't hurt anyone. But I have um, I've always had a hard time because – I've usually been young for my jobs. Yeah. So when you're a 23 year old bank manager and you're working with a 50 year old, that's hard, eh? Woman, you you feel you have to, and it might not be on their side, but it's on my side. Like I feel like I have to add more credibility, right? Yeah. So always having people work for you who are older than you, I'm very conscious about my employees don't know my age, right? Mm. And I don't like people knowing my age, and I don't. Like celebrating my birthday. No. No, I'm When not. did that stop? I'm just not a birthday guy. I don't think you should get like recognition for being born on a specific day. Like get, okay. get recognition for some cool stuff that you do as opposed mm. to just, you know, the moon or yeah. the sun. We went around the sun one more time. Right? That's a good idea. Yeah. So I don't, I get bugged by my friends because I don't wish people happy birthday on Facebook. Not at all. I don't post yeah. my birthday on Facebook. I don't. I turn off my wall so people can't post on my birthday. <laughs> like I'm pretty <laughs> anal about it, but I just, I just don't want to get recognized. For, I respect that for something so small. Yeah, I respect that. That's an interesting perspective <laughs> because for most people, like the birthday is where this is you staying humble. I guess. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. Or is it you being aware of time? I think I'm more aware of time, right? Like even shift, I wouldn't be welcome as a shift member because I'm I'm north of their maximum age limit, right? Mm. So 
I was always the young guy in the group or the token young guy, and now I'm I'm not that anymore. So mm. you kind of lose a little bit. I read an interesting article the other day where somebody said, you know, they recognize all those young people for their achievements, but they also should recognize old people for their achievement. Yeah. Oh, that was the Nova Awards? I don't know. So we started, Nathan, Peter, and I started the Top 20 Under 40 Awards back in 2011. Okay. And, and it was to celebrate young professionals. Or I, young, I think it's great. Yeah. But old, like I say, old people, uh, more tenured people, they have, there's a bunch of different awards. There's the City Hands Out Awards. Mm. The Chamber has business awards. Paro has awards. Um, the, the City does um What do they do? Exceptional citizen awards, right? So if they want awards, there's plenty of them out there. But that was a way of us highlighting a lot of the stories in Northwestern Ontario where young people were making an impact. And people we didn't even, like we think Thunder Bay is the center of the universe for, for Northern Ontario, but there's amazing people from Kenora to Marathon up to Geraldton that are doing phenomenal things as young people in our communities. And we need to celebrate them more make them feel at home, make them feel welcome, make them feel supported, and ultimately keep them here in northwestern Ontario. That was the game plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's like interesting how it perceives to, oh, they get the reward, but the, the game plan is to keep those people in the city. It's just to make them feel appreciated. Yes, so I get it. you have a doctor, a teacher, someone who does a mental health company, um, Just anyone. It, it's nice to give them a pat on the back in a formal mm. way sometimes. Did you ever win, win any awards? A couple. Okay. Let's say one. Just one. In my humble. Yeah. Just say humble one. So Steph and I both got the Nova Award and okay. the Exceptional Citizen Did you award know you're going to win it? Oh, you got the double. Wow. Did you Did you know that you're going to win it that year? Um, I, I, <laughs> I can't say yes because then I go back on the humble thing. Um. I wasn't sitting there. So I, I was announced later in the night. Mm. But the thing that made me proud of myself was I wasn't sitting there angry at people who won it and wondering like, oh, I've done better than them or I've done more than them, right? Like I didn't have that mindset. Yeah. Whereas at award shows like that, I learn a lot about people. So whether it's the Chamber Awards, the Nova Awards, I watch people who are nominated mm. and see their facial reaction. You can see it in that quick moment. Of like one second yeah. or even longer sometimes, I guess. So I watched a couple of people at the last one and they didn't end up winning or one of them, I think was one of the last awards to be given out and to see the disappointment on their face or the anger on their face that they weren't winning. Mm. It said a lot about their character that they, they were so focused on themselves that they weren't listening to what those other people did that they can't even compare themselves because they were so caught up in their own shit that, yeah, They they just can't recognize the efforts of others. And I think that comes back to the pessimist thing where everyone wants mm -hmm. more, more, more. Feed me more. Give me more money. Buy me a fancier car, right? Yeah. So, I mean, next time you're at an awards ceremony, the chamber wants a good one because you, you know who's in the room. And if it's business of the year and you can catch all the people who are up for it, mm -hmm. the people who are genuinely happy for someone else when they win and they actually clap, Those are the people you want to gravitate around because they're the humble, hungry, smart people that got uh, them to okay. where they are today, too. Right? Everybody claps, though, don't they? Watch next okay. time. All right. Did, be, they, be my be my guest at the Chamber Awards uh, when it happens next year. Do they do they the television? Isn't it? Is it on television or the live Sometimes Shaw picks it up, uh, or um, or Chris Fisick uh, from Maverick records mm, it. But yeah. Okay. 
they don't show you the reactions. It's not like the Academy. You see it at the Academy Awards too, right? Or mm-hmm. the Emmys were last night where you see the five different people up and then you watch the faces of those who don't yeah. win. And but they know they're on camera so they and they're actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you learn a lot about people from those small little details when they where they park their car when they come to an interview to yeah. how they react to someone else beating them for an award. Mm-hmm. Um if there's one message for everyone, it's just be more positive for those around you because we'd be a hell of a lot better if we had more of a optimistic mindset here in northwestern Ontario. Okay. So what do you think for you, this is a very philosophy kind of question, for you, what do you think life is about? Just love and laughs, right? Mm. So loving the people who are around you, your kids, your spouse, your your family, I'm not as connected to my siblings as I probably should be, but we, because they live far away, but yeah. um, just loving those around you. Um, and I found one of the cool experiences was I had this need early on in life to go to every event. And how come? I don't know. Okay. FOMO, fear of missing out. Ah. So if you miss the chamber after five or you miss the shift event or if you don't go to this grand opening for this business, you feel like you're missing out or you feel like people are missing you and people don't give a shit if you show up or not, right? No one's ever looking for you and no one probably even notices that you're there. But there's this feeling of FOMO. And the the satisfying point was where I was like, you know what? Family comes first. And it's far more important for me to tuck the kids in bed at night mm-hmm. than it is to shake some random hands of people I'll never, you know, When did you when did you learn that? It was a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. But it's uh no, it's a it's a great feeling to have and it shows you where your priorities are and work to live, not live to work. Supposedly like the mindset of people is changing that way too. There's a lot of younger generations where they have a job and you know they make a decent living and they don't push anymore, say I want to have the next bigger job. Where they say, I rather have the time where I can do something else with my time instead of being there for a hundred hours. Yeah. Work-life balance is important. It's changed. Didn't for it? sure. So it's a priority for the company I work for now, the company I worked for before work-life balance is one of the values of the organization. I still feel that everyone should contribute to their community in a way that they can. Mm. So do something that you don't get paid for just because you, you want to help others. Yeah. So Whether it's as simple as, you know, donating your clothing or donating your time to give out food at the shelter house or the do drop in, um, whether it's to lead an organization, like do something that is advancing your community in a positive way. And it just takes an hour to a month for mm. you to do it. But you have to have that mindset though. You have to get there, right? You can tell people to do it. But like if you, if you, even if you like tell somebody, hey, do this and they do it. If they don't have that mindset within them where they get to that point, I want to do this. It's not the same, would you say? I think everyone's capable of giving to others. I think we need leaders to step up and be, act as mentors. Mm. So I had uh, a boss a couple of years ago, his name's Murray, um, with, with the Royal Bank. And he was great in, in that he communicated with me the importance of getting involved in your community um, and, and, and why it was important. And if he wouldn't have done that, Uh, or if other people with the United Way or the Chamber didn't pull me aside and say, hey, thanks for coming to this event. We'd love to have you more engaged. I would be at home every night. Right? Mm. So I think um, we need more mentors to step up and invite people out to, whether it's a service club, a charity function, a not-for-profit, 
um, a business organization. We need people to invite others out because I remember going to a chamber after five and I didn't know anybody, young guy, no confidence. And until someone comes over and welcomes you there, I might not have came back if that one person didn't come over and say, hello, you're new here. My name's so-and-so. True. Nice to meet you, right? Yeah. So if you see new people at an event, um, make them feel comfortable and, and you won't realize sometimes how those small little things you did can impact someone's life in the long term. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Were you always very extroverted? No. High school, one or two friends. Mm. Didn't go out. I My brother was five years younger than me, so he was the guy I hung around with the most. Yeah. But until I came to university, I didn't even dance on the dance floor, right? I didn't go to my high school dances. Yeah, nobody dances when you're like a guy. Just in, in high school, they did, but I didn't even go to the dances. I didn't even yeah. stand there and feel uncomfortable about not dancing. I wouldn't even go to the dance because it wasn't my show. Mm. And girlfriend kind of later in life, I, I didn't have girlfriends when I was younger, Um until I came to the outpost at Lakehead University and stepped on the dance floor. I'd never been on a dance floor. and Crazy. But it's interesting. So I, I was always he, that guy who was worried what others thought of him at that point. So I was like, if I go dance, people are going to think I'm stupid. They're going to laugh at me. And then I, someone dragged me out there. I forget her name or his name. <laughs> um, and just said, hey, come and dance. And I was having fun. I was like, I don't give a crap about anybody yeah. watching me like i'm having a good time and i'm dancing and now you can't get me off the dance floor so mm. it takes those people to pull someone out of their comfort zone a little bit and yeah. allow them to flourish and it goes back to the leadership thing we got to give people the ability to lead a project or a team and and let them flourish provided that you you know they have those attributes of a, of a good team player and that you're there to support them too i get it how do you get people to lead you had this point this idea where you brought in that this town thunder bay needs people who are like are mentors that are in positions where they can f do this how do we get those people uh, to do that i think they do it in their their little ways maybe so if, if someone owns a car dealership they bring in people and they mentor them but they got to look outside their walls they have to remember why they got to where they are mm. So the the Workforce Planning Board is doing what's called a connector program now. And it's for new people to our community to connect them with those who want to teach them about our community and keep them here. Okay. And it, it's in line with some of the work Farhan and myself and Sarah Lewis at the university are doing. We're trying to keep more graduates in Northwestern Ontario. So when I look back on my... Um, my residence when I moved here, I'm the only person left in Thunder Bay. That's crazy. It is crazy, but I wasn't asked to be. I just happened to have a girlfriend at the end of it and have a job that yeah. I stayed, right? So we're trying to do more of an outreach to the students to say, you know what? You're a Lakehead student, but you're also a Thunder Bay resident. Mm. We want you to stay in our community. What, what, what degree do you have? Okay, here's some employers where you can go and work. Here's an organization where you can go and volunteer your time. Yeah. And trying to do that welcoming, that connecting is something that we need to do a better job at, especially with the international students. I mean, these are kids, they are kids who've moved here from all over the world and have chosen Thunder Bay for a reason. And if we're not holding on to them as hard and as tight as we can, someone else is going to 
pick them off and, and pull them to their communities. And mm. um, a lot of the times the people who didn't have a choice to be here are the most negative and the people who've chose, chosen to be here are the most, you know, accepting and, and hardworking. So when I go into a retail store or restaurant and um, you can clearly tell a lot of folks are new Canadians, um, that's an amazing thing for a community. And I think that's still very new and a lot of people are uncomfortable with it. And that's where racism comes in and a lot of deep issues that we need to solve there. But if someone chooses to come to our community and, and work and is giving you great service, smile, talk to them, mm. connect as a human. And you never know that person could be the mayor in 10 years and, and lead our community, something amazing. So, so true. It, there's the old stupid saying about it takes more muscles to frown than smile, but it's it's true. It, why not be positive towards others around you? Yeah. Uh, don't be a dick. Mm. That's a mindset too, though. Like this is where you're, you're either way through experience, you, you, you get cold and you bury yourself, or, but also that, that mindset where you can engage with people too, right? But it's scary. So I taught, uh, I didn't teach a class at the college, but I spoke in front of a class. And hearing about some of the issues, 95% of them were from overseas. Mm. And facing racial issues, getting called names when they get off the bus, um, getting called the worst words possible when they go and work in a retail store. Like the experiences that they're going through, the, the thick skin that they have, um, It's incredible, and they shouldn't have to put up with it. And they still want to stay in our community. They yes. see a lot of hate. They see a lot of love, too, but they still want to stay here, and they want to open up businesses, and they want to help the community um, you know, succeed. And we just need to just show a little bit more love sometimes to, to people who chose to come here from halfway around the world. Yes. Like, why, why do you have to you know, pinpoint their flaws? Like, mm. embrace, embrace new people, embrace new experiences, and... That's who we are, though, right? That's Canada. It's a fear of change? No, I mean, like, we are... Canada is everybody from all over the world. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Yeah, like Logan from Us by the Giant. He's, his grandfather is from Europe. Yeah. It's like you. everybody is from somewhere. Yeah. We are all are. Yeah, and if we just showed a little bit of love... <laughs> I like it. I think we'd be... Well, you got the mm. you got the the Thunder Bay flag and and city with the giant giant heart. We need to show that sometimes a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, that that flag is expensive too. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get it as a gift. You know, it's like um, I went to Mayer's Hardware, you know, because it's like I didn't know where to get the flag. And I I on Facebook I said, hey, where can I get a Thunder Bay flag? And nice. what? And somebody knew. And then because the Thunder Bay flag is. A lower production. Oh, the cost is higher because yeah. they don't have economies of scale and all yeah. of that. Which yeah. makes sense. Which makes sense. But it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. You know, it's like double the price of the one behind me. <laughs> the Canadian one that <laughs> w probably wasn't made in Canada. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. No, it's cool. And um, yeah, pri community pride is something that we need to inject a little bit more of because we do live in a beautiful spot. Yeah. Um, an amazing spot and, and we just need to to value it a little bit more and and want to see it better off in 10 years than mm. beat it down yes always that's that's what this podcast is about too it's about people who everybody like you know i had far on here i had you here I had shelby here yeah. 
people from all uh, backgrounds and they come on this show and they share their life and why they're here and what they do. And if, when I look at this, at these faces around me, um, they all could be successful somewhere else. Vince, Nathan, Dave, Damien, yep. Shelby, they could all move to a large city and they could be super successful there, but they want to be successful here. Mm. Um, it's an incredible mojo that Thunder Bay creates for these people. Like Derek too, he moved out West for a couple of years and he came back mm. and he started the best burger spot in, in Thunder Bay. Mm. Uh, and um, they have a choice to be here or not. Yeah. So you, embrace them a little bit more. Yeah. Did you like Damien's video on your house that he did? Yeah, he did a really good job. Man, it's, it's world class. Yeah, he uh, he does some incredible work. He's He does uh, some great Thunder Bay videos that well, I, I get it all the time at work too, right? Oh, you're in Thunder Bay. Why are you in Thunder Bay? And mm. I send them Damien's video and they find out pretty quick that we're, we're a jewel up here on North of Superior. Right? Mm. And um, no, he does great work. Vince is phenomenal. And um, there's a really amazing group of people here in Thunder Bay. It is. 100%. Yeah. Okay. No, this was cool. Thanks, Michael. I didn't. Yeah, no. Two and a half hours. It's past your bedtime. You're, <laughs> you're going to sleep in tomorrow. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. I, I Yeah, thanks so much for the invite. And uh, hopefully some of your li listeners stuck, stuck around for the whole uh, podcast. So the thing is, you know, Michael, you, or Mike, sorry. And like Mike in German would be Michi, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can call me whatever you want. Yeah, I call you Mike then. Yeah. I want to say we barely touched anything that you have done for the community today. Like there was, you cannot put that in perspective. We didn't talk much about it. There's so much you have done. And I just look like, I mean, like, wow. I have huge respect for what you're doing and thank you. And I know you, you're staying humble, but yeah. Wow. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. But, um, it's, it's, I think it, recognition is important. Yeah. I, th I think it's good to take the compliment and it's good to realize this is me. This is what I'm doing. And you know, I'm, I'm like, wow, this is, you are involved with so many things and you keep doing it. Thank you so much, Mike. It's, it's good people here at Thunder Bay that make me want to do it. So Perfect. Yeah. I appreciate it. Duncan, everything. Michael. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure. Awesome. Thanks, okay. everybody. Cheers.